We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. It's Quall! And it is Quall! Galaxy's done it, and the Mariners lead! We're headed to Game 3, and the Cinderella story has one more chapter to be written. Threatening to break 30. Drink water. Audacious. Look at the chase! It's a try! It's Drinkwater! It's Shitalini! North Queensland have slaughtered the Parramatta Reels 35 to 4. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And for Parramatta fans waking up, on Sunday morning, a bit of reality check up there in Darwin, but co-hosting Richie right alongside me, I think we can safely say that the Cowboys um, are a really good football side. Defensively, they're the best in the comp at the moment, and they deserve that win. Good morning, Dino. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, really stunning result up there in Darwin, wasn't it, Ray? They absolutely gave the Eels a good old-fashioned whacking. Mm. And it capped off a bizarre night in rugby league, right? Three games, three upsets. Well, we'll just go through them quickly. As I mentioned, the Cowboys 35 over the Eels 4. Earlier yesterday afternoon, um, the Bulldogs 16 over the Roosters 12. Capped off a big day for Phil Gus Girl, Dino, because he part-owns Tycoonus, which won at the, the Hawkesbury Rush at the Hawkesbury Standalone yesterday. So he had a good day, Gus. And the Raiders have been nicknamed the Faders now, and again it's stuck. The Warriors 21, the Raiders 20, a Sean Johnson field goal. The difference, was that a penalty, Dino, which levelled the scores at 20 all? Yeah, the penalty you're referring to, Ray, was a tackle by Corey Horsburgh yeah. uh, on Matt Lodge. Did he hit him just below the... Uh, Ray, look, you know me. up. Yeah. I'm old school. I don't like those penalties because I think there's a bit of milking going on. But at the letter of the there. law, yeah. and in the game that we play today, mm. there was some contact with the head. So yeah. technically, was it a penalty to level the schools? Yes, it was. Canberra, that's five in a row now, Ray. They're equal last on the table. But let's give the Warriors some credit, Ray. Yeah. They were beaten yeah. by 60 points back, the week yeah. before. That's an emotional train wreck. Mm. And they came back. Full credit to the Warriors and Nathan Brown. To come back after that loss is a really big effort, not only physically, but as I said, emotionally. Sean Johnson, of course, kicking that golden point match-winning field Well done to Nathan Brown and the Warriors. Earlier this round in round eight, the Rabbitohs 40 against the Seagulls 22. We'll get to that game very shortly. Big story in the Sunday Telegraph by Dean Ritchie. We'll talk about that in a sec. Penrith 18 over the Titans 4. I've got to say... 
Gold Coast were good and they really stuck it to Penrith on Friday night. But the Panthers found a way to win. I guess good sides can do that. And back on Thursday night, the Broncos 16 over the Sharks 7. Another upset. Just back to Friday night. The send-off, um, you've got a terrific interview with Carl Lawton in this morning's Sunday Telegraph. Well done, Dino. He certainly has put his hand up, admitted his remorse. His first thoughts were with Graham Murray. Fortunately, Graham Murray, uh, Cameron Murray got straight back on, on his feet. Everyone had their heart in the mouth when the tackle went wrong and Cameron Murray sort of went down head first. Those things can go horribly wrong. But as I said, fortunately, Cameron got straight back up. There was no animosity between both men. What is Carl Lawton looking at in terms of penalty, Dino? Yeah, he's been hit with a, a grade three dangerous throw rate. He's looking at either four to five weeks, depending on his plea. You would imagine that they would take the early plea. He'd take mm. a month away. Uh, look, he was incredibly remorseful yesterday, Ray. There's no doubt, and I'm not sticking up for the tackle itself. It was dangerous, and he got him into a very, very uncomfortable position. But the player himself, Art Lawton, Claimed to be heartbroken. He was shattered. Mm. Uh, Cameron Murray, to his credit, bounced up, could have stayed down, could have caused a melee, didn't. So the whole thing was very unsavoury. It was an ugly tackle. But uh, to his credit, Carl, he's owned it. Mm. He's discussed it. And we can hopefully move on. But yes, in my opinion, Ray, it was certainly a sin bin if not a send-off. Yeah, and look, full credit to Carl for owning up and well done, Dan, again, the interview. And I think Cameron Murray summed it up really well with the quote that you got in your story. I don't think it was deliberate. He's talking about the tackle and it probably looked a little worse than it was, but I'm lucky I came off not too banged up. So it was all good. So well done to Cameron to putting his hand up there and, and sort of admitting that things didn't look good, but it probably um, it all ended up okay. But... Unfortunately, in this game, um, those tackles just cannot happen anymore. Dina, a lot of social media about the two-poo incident and the head high in the Anzac Day game with St George and the Roosters and with the NRL overreacted by coming down hard on Carl Lawton. I, that's like comparing apples and oranges, isn't it? Yeah, you can't compare the tackles, I don't think, Ray. That's just silly. Look, I think they got it wrong mm. with Daniel Tupo. I think Andrew Abdo, to his credit, came out immediately and said, we got it wrong. He should have been banished. But I don't think there's any real correlation between the two yeah, tackles. Impossible draw. Carl Lawton was in the dressing room after the game, Ray. He was actually in tears. And he went round individually to every Manly player and apologised and said, this is on me. I don't want that story, though, Ray, that I wrote in the Sunday telly to be a sob story about Carl. No, he, he did, did the wrong thing. He hasn't come across that way yeah, at all. And, no, and no. he's owned that. And yeah. look, the bottom line is, Ray, he's going to get a hefty suspension. And he's and Cameron Murray... Yeah. Didn't get injured. Thankfully, Correct, yeah. we're not talking about anything more serious. And Carl Lawton's put his hand up and cocked on the chin. That's the point of the story, and I think that goes to his credit. Um, what about the Bulldogs? Where are the Roosters at? 16-12. Congratulations to Trent Barrett and his team. They've had a tough season, but they were really gutsy yesterday. But where are the Roosters at, Dan? I think you tipped them to win the contest. I did. Yeah. I did. They ask every year at the Daily Telegraph to name your premiers, and mm. it's a bit of a step. We don't yeah, no, really of course, know. But of course, yeah. I looked at the Roosters' roster, and look, they are just off the pace at the moment. Mm. And Trent Robinson, in his post-match press conference, said, that's on me to try to find the winning solution yeah, to yeah. unlock this slump that they're yeah. in. And, gee, they don't look... Ray, there's the top category of teams, and then there's the Tier 2 teams, which the Cowboys joined last night. and. Mm. I don't think the Roosters are even in that at the moment, Ray. They are miles away. But look, full credit to the Bulldogs. It was a traumatic week in terms of Gus intervening at training. Mm. 
and had his say. And Trent, know, Trent Barrett's comments were interesting. He said, why wouldn't I tap into a resource like Phil Gus Gould? And his experience and longevity in the game and his knowledge, it's there for him to tap into. And he said, to be fair to Trent, that he's done it before this season as well. He's the general manager of football out there. I think he's entitled to... You know, put his two bob in, Ray, and, and, and try to help the club. They, you know, they were in the middle of a six-game losing streak. I wrote it during the week, Ray. Uh, uh, my personal opinion was, you know, I applaud them for doing that. Mm. You, you yeah. can't keep doing the same thing every week and expecting a different result. They had to try something. Mm. And what they did try, in hindsight, worked. It was a dramatic finish, Ray. Joseph Suwali, the Roosters winger, appeared to score, to level the scores mm. inside the... Final, I think Mendel too. His right foot just yeah. touched that sideline before the ball went down. But yeah, full credit to the dogs. Uh, Trent Barrett really rode every minute mm. on the sideline last night. I was glad for Baz's sake, yeah. but uh, Baz's troubles one week become Trent Robinson's this week. It's extraordinary. Well, the Bulldogs are still last on the ladder, but that was their second win of this season. They're two and six alongside the Raiders. The Knights play today as do the Tigers. They're both also two wins. Um, Dino, can I take you to last night's match in Darwin? Do we say the Cowboys are the real deal? Do we say the Cowboys are a, a finals contender? They're five and three. Their defence is the best in the comp. The Eels probably, to be fair... The Cowboys just out-muscled them. Is it too simple to say put Dylan Brown back at 5'8", as a lot of Parramatta fans were doing on the Parramatta websites last night? Oh, look, I think you will go back to 5'8", clearly. They're in a bit the of a... Penrith game Friday night? Awkward situation. Yeah, look, yeah, no doubt they're a better side with Dylan Brown at 5'8". Mm. Uh, but look... That's not the panacea of all ills, though, is no, it? No, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. Look, every time you think Parramatta can win the comp, right, they seem to produce a performance like that where you think that they just can't win it. Mm. Look, the Cowboys last night, they're, they're, they're young... They're physical, and they'll scare the hell out of some of those mm. top weight, heavyweight sides, Ray. But, look, are they the real deal? Yeah, I guess they are. I need to see a little bit more of them. And they're certainly not in the Melbourne or Penrith category just yet. But I think they're rising up the table. It was 31 degrees last night, and they, they got stronger as the night went mm. on in that heat, Ray. Mm. And they really put Parramatta away at the end. And that's a bit of ruthlessness, too, that... Yeah. Todd Payton would absolutely love. So Parramatta um, have to turn around Friday night for a blockbuster against Penrith, who um, probably weren't quite at their best on Friday night. And the Gold Coast Titans were, were very, very good. And with a bit of luck, could have scored a couple of tries. So 18-4 probably isn't a true indication of that match. The Titans were certainly in that contest. But again, Dino, they're 8-0. They're good teams. They, they find a way to win those games, don't they? Yeah, they made 12 errors, Penrith, and missed 53 tackles. It, does, it doesn't happen. And yet they still it? win. Yeah, it doesn't happen. They still win. Nathan Cleary's kicking was, as always, special. They just don't give you much for free, Penrith, do mm. they? They're really mm. just so miserly when it comes to giving you any freebies. And how, how many tries say with Dylan Edwards? At least three. Yeah, he's, Goal lines. he's gone to another defense. level, Dylan yeah. Edwards, hasn't he? That Thursday night game too, Ray, I thought... Yeah, reality check for the Sharks? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I said on the show last week, I'm not convinced Cronulla was as good as what their results did had that. made yeah. out. And that's not a criticism of Cronulla at all. Good luck to them for winning those games. But I just felt that they were probably a little bit above what their reality was and certainly in that one-on-one much-anticipated matchup between Katoni Staggs and Siffa Talakai, it mm. was a, a knockout blow to Katoni Staggs. Does he get a blue jumper? I think he'll go close. Mm. I thought Latrell Mitchell may be back, but news broke during the week that he would definitely miss Origin now because he's going to America to see a hamstring yeah. uh, specialist in Philadelphia. So, yeah, certainly Katoni Staggs and Campbell Graham, you would imagine, 
would be a couple of the front runners there, Fair along enough. with possibly even Matt Burton. A couple of games to complete round eight today. They're important games at Newcastle. The Knights take on the Storm. The Knights have to find a way to bounce back. And then the 4.05 game this afternoon is the Dragons versus the Tigers. Important, Both important games, but for Dragons and Tigers, big games for them. It certainly is, particularly for the Tigers. All mm. eyes will be on them. And we do have uh, Tim Sheens, their head of football, the great coach will be on at 10 past nine, right? So he'll be a fascinating interview to see where the Tigers were, where the Tigers are. Jackson Hastings will get through all the pertinent topics with Tim. Now, Ray, can I applaud the master? The master? Bravo. Mm -hmm. He's done it again, your man, P. Volandis. Oh, <laughs> oh, the grand final. He's too good. The great man he flushed is him out. too he good. Flushed he flushed him out, him out all right. <laughs> Threatened to take the game away. Take us through that, Dina. Take us through all the drama and the potential moving the grand final to Brisbane. For our Queensland listeners, they're probably looking forward to seeing another GF up there. But won't be happening, Dino. I don't think so, Ray, at this point. Look, it's a long story, which I'll condense. The government down here in New South Wales promised an $800 million development. For suburban grounds, Of a core they? stadium. Mm. Once that was cancelled through COVID, it was to go back to suburban grounds. I think it was always going to happen. It's just been a long, slow burn waiting for the mm. announcements. So Peter Volandis does what he does best, says, OK, we are going to go to Brisbane. <laughs> Before you know it, he's in Dominic Perrottet's office, along with Andrew Abdo. Stuart Ayres. And, and Stuart Ayres. And the master of getting things done emerges from the meeting saying, I think it's staying in Sydney. <laughs> I don't think it was ever going anywhere, Ray. I think it was just a, a, a ploy to get the government off their backsides. Volandis is the king of it. And he's done it again. He, he doesn't like standing still, Peter. So he, he, he wants that money to redevelop some of these suburban grounds. He, he loves Park, that tribalism. Cobra, Brookvale yeah. will be the main three. He loves that tribalism, which he grew up with, which you and I grew up with, and which a lot of footy fans love. They love going to their local grounds. So stay tuned there. AFL is a big round of AFL, round seven. The defending premiers in the AFL are also unbeaten, like Penrith are in the NRL. They're 7-0 and Melbourne, but they had to struggle yesterday for the first time this season. They were challenged. They won 91. 81 against Hawthorne. Carlton defeated North Melbourne 114 to 64. St Kilda were upset by a point 43-42 in a low scoring affair obviously with Port Adelaide. Big upset there. Fremantle showed they could well, they are the real deal. They've gone to Geelong and beaten Geelong at the Cattery, so to speak, 69-66. to 66. That's a massive win for a young Dockers side on the improve. The Giants, finally some good news for GWS, 113 over Adelaide, 54. And Richmond de um, defeated a depleted West Coast, 165-56. Three games to complete round seven of the AFL, an absolute blockbuster in Sydney this afternoon. The Swans take on the Brisbane Lions. That's a 4.40pm game. That'll be an absolute beauty. Earlier today, Collingwood take on the Gold Coast and the Bulldogs take on Essen. Sydney versus Brisbane, two genuine flag contenders, Dino. Yeah, it should be a terrific match-up there. I thought the GWS result too would or has eased a lot of pressure mm. on Leon Cameron. It was certainly starting to build out west, so that gives Leon a little bit of mm. grace. Now, standalone at Hawkesbury yesterday, Ray, your favourite meeting of the year. Yeah, yeah, a couple of big races. How did the track hold up? Yeah, it did. We had that, that rain band come through yesterday morning, and uh, I know the officials at the Hawkesbury Race Club had their hearts in their mouths, so to speak, 
for a couple of hours there because <clears throat> at one stage the meeting was in a bit of doubt but fortunately that rain eased eventually cleared the meeting got underway um, certainly the track was 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 heavy but it raced quite fairly so to Rick Johnson and his team out there well done given those trying circumstances that they had but once again what these standalone meetings do and there are criticisms of them Dino but what it does to me effectively provides good quality racing it provides those communities where that standalone is being held um, a real focus point because the local communities get behind these meetings big time as they did at Hawkesbury yesterday as they will at Gosford next Saturday and as they do and will at Scone the following week and there's a different crowd there's a bigger crowd than you get on a Sydney Saturday off season and a real buzz about it so no doubt they work no doubt they're they're, they're good quality race means as again they were yesterday and, and they're here to stay. A good tough win by Kerwin's Lane in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup and Exotic Ruby secured the Hawkesbury Crown. Yeah, we'll talk to Bjorn Baker a little later with Exotic Ruby winning that crown. Makes her a very valuable broodmare. Good tough win. You mentioned Kerwin's Lane for John O'Shea and apprentice Tommy Sherry. We'll talk to Tom a little bit later. Um, we often talk about horses racing to pattern, Dino, um, especially at a at a higher level in the sport. And Kerwin's Lane, second up, his record's very good. At a mile, his record's very good. And all those planets aligned for him yesterday. The heavy track was a slight issue, but he ploughed through it and was just too good. And Mr Mozart won the Hawkesbury Guineas. He's a tough horse, Dino. Um, his form surged this autumn. Farlap stakes into the Doncaster Prelude. Now the Hawkesbury Guineas in succession for Team Hawks and Willie Pike, who coincided with a couple of things. Um, they're riding that horse for speed. He loves to roll along in a genuine tempo, and he fights hard. And he loves wet tracks, and he's just excelled in the last couple of months. And Count de Rupi? Yeah, did a great up job, didn't he? Did you see that race? Got up the inside of Scalapini, part owned by our good friend Brian Fletcher from the Panthers CEO. And I thought Scalapini was home, but Count de Rupi, tough horse, rallied late, got up to win the victory stakes. That sets him up for a big campaign in Brisbane, heading towards a Stradbroke for Robert and Luke Price. Their other horse, Jamia, ran a super third. So to that father and son team, Robert and Luke Price, congratulations to them. A couple of disappointments there, primarily Rothfire. And I know you've got to give the horse a little bit of slack because he's had so many injury issues, Dino, and, and whatever else. But it was disappointing yesterday. And whether we'll ever see the best of Rothfire, I know it was on his first run back after another long-term injury, but you've got to say that... Yeah, it's, it's not looking good for him. He may pick up a race or two over the carnival, but I don't think he's a sprinting force that we thought. But you've got to give a good horse another chance. Just as importantly, mm -hmm. what tucker did they put on at Hawkesbury for you yesterday? Um, I, I sort of missed out a bit there. Ooh. But, but ta Tanya went with her good friend and her son, and they had a lovely luncheon in the in the VIP area, I think it was. Is that right, Tan? I think it was. Yeah, and so, yeah, they, they look after you at Hawkesbury, Dino. And we've got, yeah. as you said, uh, scone and... Gosford, uh, Gosford next well. Saturday. Terrific. Yeah, Gosford Cup takeover target stakes and the Rich Race the Coast on next Saturday. And they had the inaugural The Coast meeting last year, didn't it? But it was impacted by COVID. So the crowd was good, but the crowd should be fantastic this weekend. And then to Scone the following. The last couple of years, we've that Scone meeting has been held in Sydney. But it's back to Scone. And they've got a two-day carnival up there, May 13, May 14. You know what I want to do? Yeah. I want to... Go to the races with you one day. You'll love you. No, should, no, no, you should have come to Hawksburg. No, 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 but don't want you working. I yeah, want to go out yeah. there and have a couple of cans with you. We've got to get the ton curry. A couple of hot dogs. We've got to get have the a ton couple curry. of bets and just have a good old-fashioned mm. rollicking afternoon. What do you reckon? 
wouldn't mind that. Taking centre and leg at the, exactly. <laughs> at the bar. Leave the laptop at home. Wouldn't that be good fun? And just bring your drinking boots. Tun Curry. We're on. Tun Curry races. It might be us. Yeah. That's my favourite track in the world. We had to go to a test. Remember the last time we went to the cricket together? <laughs> I remember getting home at about <laughs> two in the morning. <laughs> I slept through my stop on the train. <laughs> remember the, we went to a one day? Yes, I do. And we walked up the hill from work and after about the, the second over got caught off from the rain. That's right. <laughs> and that we were in a box or something. That bloke said, you can keep it open if you want. <laughs> I don't think you met for three days. That's the problem. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was a long session. Hey, Dino, um, we're going to go to a quick break, but it brings me to the inspiration topic. for our talk topic today. Have you seen what's happened to tennis legend Boris Becker? Boom, boom. Finance fraud. He's been jailed. Gone. Poor fellow. So, that it's our inspiration for our talk topic, Dino. As Boris Bryce. Becker spends time contemplating his future um, in jail... Falls from grace. Falls from, from grace. Great athletes. Oh, the first one that comes to mind is AFL and Ben Cousins. Ah. The superstar who had everything yes. at his feet around 2004, 5, 6. Mm. And then it all began to unravel. And I, I was felt sorry for Ben to some degree, how mm. it all did unfold in his life. And, yeah, the spiral just couldn't stop, Ray. Sadly, it was a very sad story. Him, yeah, yeah, so I'll say Ben Cousins for a superstar mm. that really... Uh, as I said, unravelled dramatically. Yeah. Can I mention Lester Pickett again? Sure. Is it falls from grace, but can they rebound? You can sell it you like. It's your show. Okay. Oh, no, it's our show. <laughs> um, and that's a team, including Tanya and Hamish. Oh, producer Steve, a uh, bit sick today, so we wish him the best. Hope he bounces back quickly. Um, Lester Pickett, I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he retired from race riding and one of the absolute legends of racing and probably the greatest jockey, many say, of all time, became a trainer for a few years, then was also um, done for tax fraud, so to speak, ended up in jail, spent 366 days at Her Majesty's <laughs> behind bars, then made a comeback in 1990 to race riding, and 10 days later won the US Breeders' Cup mile on Royal Academy. So it was a fall from grace. But he rebounded he the great back. man, Lester Pickett. That's our talk topic today. Sporting icons and their fall from grace on the back of what's happened to Boris Becker, who's found himself in jail for finance fraud. Call us on 13 53 SMS 0419 767 272. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. We are ready to go. Let's go become millionaires tonight. The Tab Million Dollar Chase. The leader, Mystic Ride. Jamelajek cutting it down. Mystic Ride digging in. A dream, now a reality. Mystic Ride, brilliant. It is Mystic Ride who's reigned supreme. Good Otterada in the lead. Shimmershine can't get there. Good Otterada will win the Tab Million Dollar Chase. The front runner, Handsome Prince, led by Ford and Tommy Shelby. Sherry, Handsome Prince, a boulder clear. The former Tasmanian, Handsome Prince has won the Million Dollar Chase. The Tab Million Dollar Chase Grand Final this Saturday. The Dali Scone Cup Carnival returns as a two-day event, May 13 and 14, featuring the resumption of the standalone Saturday Metro meeting. With five listed races over two days, fashions on the field and hospitality options galore, plus plenty of real country charm, you don't want to miss the Upper Hunters' premier social event. 
featuring the Daly Scone Cup, Arrowfield Dark Jewel and English Challenge for two-year-olds with over $1.9 million in prize money. Tickets at sconeraceclub.com.au. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. For all the best in racing and all the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via 96.9 FM Kuma, 97.1 FM Junee, 87.6 FM Tumut and 88 FM Yamba. Split of hope from Barb Raider. They shook off Ancient Girl. Now my whisper called upon. My whisper starting to lengthen after Barb Raider and Glint of Hope. Glint of Hope in front from Barb Raider. Barb Raider, Glint of Hope, Glint of Hope. The daughter of Deep Impact wins the Australasian Oaks. Glint of Hope from Barb Raider and my whisper. Then Bonza Perla. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. That was Glint of Hope winning the Australasian Oaks at Morford for the Group 1 for the Phillies yesterday. Dino, a couple of SMSs there before we get into the race replays? Yeah, a couple have come through early. Chris says Gus Gould lost the plot, saying the tackle on Cameron Murray didn't deserve a send-off. It was dangerous and could have put Murray into a wheelchair. It was a send-off in the old days too. I was a little bit surprised Gus took that tack. He's entitled to his opinion, but I guess you also have a responsibility as a commentator to dissect exactly what you it's see. Hard to defend the tackle. It was very difficult to defend. It wasn't mm. a send-off in some way. And Gotti from Brisbane makes a really good point here, right? You have to question the intellect at the Parramatta Club. Taking a game to the tropics scheduled against a team from the tropics, <laughs> no wonder they are 35 years and counting without a premiership. Valid point. <laughs> you think point. you'd play Canberra up there, wouldn't you? Not so much... The Cowboys. Yeah, a couple of quick ones. Marty, what about Jared Hayne? Yes. Um, Mitchell from Fairlight. Talk topic. He's got a few of them, Dino. Mike Tyson, Pete Rose, Terry Jenner, Manu Vadavai. Yeah, good point. Hansi Cronier from Keithy. Falls from Grace. None Very greater sad. than Hansi Cronier. Um, no name here. Um, Wayne, the Wayne Carey incident that sent the kangaroos into a tailspin and sent him to Adelaide. Yeah, that was a big one. And Brad from Emu, I'm presuming Emu Plains, great part of the world. OJ Simpson, he was big. Very big. Doesn't get much bigger than that. Hawkesbury yesterday, standalone meeting, love it, and saw some promising horses. One in the first, he's beautifully bred by Snitzel out of an Oaks winner called Pino. This is her first foal. His name, Burgunder, wins the Clarendon. At the top of the straight, Master Showman. Now, Basquiat's got the run through on the inside. Burgunder still there, invasive. Cadetship tries to run on, but Basquiat's hit the front. 150 to go. Burgunder trying to go with the favourite. It's Basquiat a neck in front of Burgunder, raising another effort. Basquiat, Burgunder. Burgunder might be going home a bit the better. It is. Burgunder won the first. Beat Basquiat. Third's a photo. Owen County. I think the, the top three there are horses to follow. Dino Burgunder, Basquiat and Owen County, all bred to do good things and will get better, particularly as three-year-olds. On to the first of the stakes races. It's the Hawkesbury Forex Gold Rush. Phil Gus Gould, part owner of Tycoonist. 
Tycoonus got to second. Albalagio missed, pushed along in third. Mabusha to the outside and then followed Trumbull. Melkovich doing it well inside the 200 metres back. Tycoonus about a length and a half away, trying to whittle into that margin. Melkovich at the 100, a length clear. Tycoonus, game on the outside, gunning out after him now. Tycoonus hit the front close home and it's a first up crush. Tycoonus beat Melkovich third either. Surreal. Yeah, tycoonist, just too tough for Malkovich. Talk about tough, Mr. Mozart. He is as tough as they come, leads most of the way in the Hawksbury Guineas. Valana in second, Sabrenko three out, Devil's Throat cut the corner, Lock Eagle needs away, clear, badly held up, a split about to come, then party for one, Coteal, and then again, Mr. Mozart at the 200 metres mark, about a half in front, Lock Eagle going through underneath him, Delcini's getting out, Mr. Mozart, 100 metres left to run, from Lock Eagle, Delcini, Mr. Mozart, Delcini coming to try and spoil the party, Mr. Mozart, Delcini, Mr. Mozart just... Mr. Mozart ahead to Delcini, third party for one, fourth Lock Eagle. He just does not lie down that horse, Mr. Mozart. Tough as they come, beat Delcini, and Delcini ran a very good race to get some black type and cap a really good day for Lee and Cherie Curtis. Onto the Hawkesbury crown and exotic Ruby. She was tough. She held on to get some black type in the group three for fillies and mares. Topping the straight, Fashionel just from Exotic Ruby. Cliffsart underneath them. Brooks Spire out deeper on the track. Fashionel still bobbing here at the 200. Exotic Ruby a neck away. Cliffsart, Papali, and then Wanderbar. Exotic Ruby hit a slender lead from Fashionel. Never talk very late with Papali. Exotic Ruby, Exotic Ruby. Exotic Ruby has won from an absolute wall. Papali, Fashionel, never talk. A very prominent yeah, tremendous finish, and Rachel King got the best out of Exotic Ruby to just win the Hawkesbury crown. On to the feature of the day, the Hawkesbury Gold Cup. Tom Sherry, he gets the best out of Kerwin's Lane. 300 metres left to run. Old Meadow hit the front from Arkadimus. Kerwin's laying there to pounce. A tissue back to the rails is running on. 200 metres left to run. Kerwin's laying in front from Old Meadow. A tissue the far side. Hopeful still there. Kerwin's laying 75 to go. A half clear from Hopeful. Kerwin's laying. A tissue very late. Kerwin's laying wins the cup. Kerwin's laying from either Hopeful or a tissue. Fourth in was Brutality. Yeah, good Kerwin's Lane, and he'll probably go to the Scone Cup, and we'll talk to Tom Sherry a little later about the win of Kerwin's Lane. That was a Hawkesbury standalone yesterday. We go to Gosford this Saturday coming, and then on to Scone. Dino, plenty of people want to have their say. Laurie's waiting on the line. Laurie, good morning. Hello, fellas. Look, I can't understand why the Parramatta Club, I'm one-eyed Parramatta supporter, why they changed Dylan Brenner and the Mitchell Moses? I'm not knocking the five out that went there. He's only a young bloke, but why would you change two great halves mm. and and put a young bloke in? Yeah, they should have got someone else to go into the centres. What do you reckon? Yeah, Laurie, there's a lot of chit-chat around social media from Parramatta fans uh, blowing up at the decision. Look, they've got injury problems at centre, so they had to. I guess manufacturer centre, but it was a little strange, in my opinion, to move Dylan Brown, who was one of the form five eights mm. of the year. Uh, look, Jacob Arthur probably cops a little bit more scrutiny, Laurie, because he's the son of the coach. But yeah, look, I, I'm certainly with you. I, I, I yeah. was surprised that he would break up the Moses okay. Brown combination, given it had been so successful to start this season. Okay, one more thing, fellas. Uh, 
the Harry Matthews Shield uh, boys who for West uh, Magpies yesterday, mm. they won uh, every game this year and they played yesterday at Bank West and they won the grand final and they've been a great young team and they're, they're really playing their hearts out and they all play as a team. You couldn't single out one player. Every boy played well. I thought they deserved a bit of a rap, you know? Yeah, Laura, I've just called that up as you're talking. The Magpies beat Cronulla 42-16 to 16 to remain unbeaten throughout the entire Harold wow, Matthews. So, effort. An amazing effort. Mm. I think, Ray, that's their first bit of silverware since potentially, and I'll stand corrected here, Tommy held up the Amco Cup in 77. You're kidding me. I think it's wow. their first trophy. So if I'm wrong, wow. please text in or call in to yeah. prove me wrong. But I think I'm right. It's their first silverware. Oh, good on them. And it sounds like a really great time. Terrific. Unbeaten. That's a terrific young Great side. for the future for yeah. West Tigers too. That's good stuff. We'll take a quick break, Dino. We're listening to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Hunter's Postmortem with Ron Duffersey. We all know he broke the rules, but I've always said it. You get this inside bias uh, where there's two lanes up the inside and it causes more drama than anything in racing. Dean Lester. What's the worst look? The way Nash rode the race in the Queen Elizabeth and excessive whip use or having to virtually force a run in that race on Saturday. What's the worst look? I know what I think. I thought Saturday was a horrible look. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Join champion thoroughbreds in racing a quality New Zealand-bred time-test colt with Group 1 winning trainer John O'Shea. Time-test broke the track record over 2,000 metres at Royal Ascot with his lightning turn of foot. Time-test has hit the front and kicks on. Time-test has bolted up. From the family of multiple Group 1 winner Kermadec. Shares from just $5,500 for 5%, including all expenses until June 30, 2022. Visit championthoroughbreds.com.au. AFSL 334760. Very funny, guys. Oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in. While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds. Difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Matty John's here. At Skills Certified, that's exactly what we do. We help you get your skills certified. What does that mean? Well, all those years of blood, sweat and tears you put into your work can finally be turned into a qualification. How does it work? Our partner RTOs assess your skills, knowledge and experience and convert them into a nationally recognised qualification through recognition of prior learning. Get recognised for all those years of work. Take the free skills check at skillscertified.com.au. Get your skills certified. Exotic Ruby hit a slender lead from Fashionelle. Never talk very late with Papali. Exotic Ruby, Exotic Ruby. Exotic Ruby has won from an absolute wall. Papali, Fashionelle, Never Talk, a very prominent... On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Exotic Ruby, one of three winners yesterday for owner Carl Holt. He also owned Hardware Lane, which won the highway. And Sacrimony, very promising winner for the Chris Waller stable early. But the big win was with Exotic Ruby in the Group 3 Hawkesbury Crown. Makes this beautifully bred schnitzel mare 
worth a gold mine as a broodmare, potentially. Her trainer, Bjorn Baker, is on the line. Bjorn, good morning. Congratulations with the win of Exotic Ruby. And as I said, that makes her a very valuable uh, broodmare prospect down the track. Yeah, morning. Um, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, she is indeed. She's entered to, to get sold at the Magic Millions, I think, in four weeks or so. So uh, the timing is very important. And, uh, no, it was nice to see those colours get over the line. I couldn't be left out. He got a couple earlier, Carl, mm. and uh, he was there on course earlier, but he had to leave. He had a, another function, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you train many for Carl? Of course, he's well-known as the owner of Lost and Running, amongst other horses, and those colours are becoming very familiar on Sydney racetracks now. Yeah, I've got a number for him. I've got the Promising War Eternal, but, he, mm -hmm. yeah, him and uh, his wife, Lorraine, they, they race a lot throughout Sydney with a lot of different trainers and and they really enjoy it and, and they're having the luck they deserve. They're, they're very, very good to train for. Yeah. Uh, good winners but great losers and uh, they make our job easy. No, fair enough. Well, you've done a terrific job with this mare and as you said, she's heading to the broodmare sale in a month, but does she go to that sale via Scone? Yeah, I think I was looking at, at it. We, we probably have to go to um, to the Scone race in a couple of weeks, the Dark Jewel, and and then she could just be left up there with the Tunga Stud. She goes mm -hmm. in, in the draft up at the, the Magic Millions and um, the Snitzel Group winner, uh, oh, she's going to be yeah. um, in high demand. So the timing, everything's worked out really well. Jim Clark actually bought her as a tried tried horse from the broodmare sale for I think a hundred and five thousand and and um she's been a good money spinner even mm. before yesterday. She's definitely paid her way but uh we really needed her to, to run a big race yesterday to try and get uh, a big return. Now Bjorn, your father retired great Murray Baker. The great mm. Murray Baker retired yesterday. Is it true you actually said you're now the best trainer in your family? Well, yes, and Greg Radley came back and said you're the only trainer in the family, which is, which is true. And, uh, yeah, I think he had mixed emotions yesterday. It, it's Racing's been great to him, and he's he's loved nothing better than getting over here and, and raiding some of the Aussies' money. And he's probably a little bit different to a lot of Kiwi trainers. They tend to, to target the big races at home and they get a good one, but he gets one that shows a, a little bit of ability, especially over ground. He tends to just aim them up at the carnival. So he's had a lot of luck over here and he'll miss coming over here, that's for sure. Can you convince him to spend more of that money he's won over the years on, on horses for you, Bia? Well, yeah, funnily enough, he's actually got shares in a couple at the moment. Oh, Peter Ballerina, who came a good second on debut last week, albeit at, at, at Bathurst. And um, he's also on Samarkand. He owns all my oh, mother yeah, as own yeah. half of that. So he ran a good second too on Wednesday. So... He's got a few bits and pieces, and uh, no, I'm sure he'll get get over and around and about and do a bit of travel and take it easy. And uh, a couple of people said, would you consider doing something with him here? I said, no, I think he summed it up pretty well. He said, the best thing for our relationship's been the Tasman Sea. <laughs> keep, keep you apart. There's no chance of that. Fair enough. Hey, Bjorn, I, I reckon Richard Haynes might get you on a lot more on a Saturday morning because yesterday morning you you gave a good push for Exotic Ruby and she won at $26. So for those listeners, hopefully they got on the mare and had a little win yesterday. But you also admitted that you were concerned about the track conditions for Malkovich and that last 100 metres. It would feel more like a 1,200 metre race, which does test 
uh, Malkovich's stamina reserves. And as it turned out, that's just what happened in the Hawkesbury rush. Yeah, it was indeed. It was sort of, I could just about pre-race, mm. I thought. Uh, if he doesn't win, that's what's going to happen. He's going to run a, a close second. And I've had, before Exotic Ruby, I've had a, a really frustrating run of second placing. So yeah. mm. I was sort of, I was picturing it before it happened, and it, it pretty much happened that way. But he still went a, a really good race. Um, I guess it's something that we've we've learned over time with him that he, he can get through a, a wet track, but when it gets heavy, it, it just gets really demanding and and uh, just makes it that little bit longer. So that was the, definitely the difference between winning and losing. Mm. We may consider the Doom in ten thousand in two weeks. Um, okay. Otherwise, we will probably go to the Scone race as well. Uh, the 1100 metre sprint there, uh, or 10 tier stake. So I think if he goes there, he'll be a big chance. It'd be hard to catch around um, Scone. Just finally, Bjorn Knight of Power and Arapaho both just missed the place yesterday in their respective races at Hawkesbury, but uh, both encouraging runs. Yeah, both both have uh, sort of back on track, and, and Knight of Power in particular, I thought mm. his run was really good. When he gets sort of over 1400 on a good track, uh, he'll be hard to beat wherever he goes. and and likewise, the rapper, he's going really well too. So I think we'll just look maybe three weeks. There's a, just a benchmark, 78, 1800. I think he'll be very competitive in a race like that. Exactly. Well, Bjorn Bathurst, as you know, is off today. So you've got a, a rare, quiet Sunday. How are you going to spend it? No, I'm, on, I'm with my son. We're on the way to soccer at Marrickville. So oh, OK. That kicks off at 8.30. I think my daughter plays at about 11, so... That takes a big chunk of the no, day. It never enough. ends, as you know. What position does your son play? He actually he plays striker. He's okay. a good little goal scorer. I'll give him that. Oh, good on him. <laughs> I will wish him luck today. And congratulations on the stable success yesterday, Bjorn, and indeed on your father's wonderful career. And uh, hope there's many more wins for the Baker family name in coming weeks and months. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Have a great Thanks, day. Bjorn. Thanks, mate. There's Bjorn Baker, trainer of Exotic Ruby, who won the Hawkesbury Crown yesterday. Dino? Now, Ray, as often happens, mm -hmm. I was wrong. Oh, OK. Always yeah. happy to admit it. West's Magpies won the 2002 Harold Mats. Tiger Marty and Rod from Nara text in with similar uh, mm -hmm. messages saying that uh, yeah, they won it in 2002. That's the under-18s. Okay. And Liam Fulton, who went on to play for the West Tigers, was part of that side. Have you, so have you seen that side play? The current team? Yeah, the Harold no, Matthews team. No, I yeah. haven't, mate. I haven't had a chance to. Still, when you go through any competition unbeaten, particularly at, at level... Um, yeah, it's an extraordinary it, performance. It's really good for the Tigers' future there. Also, what I mentioned in the story I wrote during the week, Ray, uh, the famous Junie Diesels, Laurie mm. Daly's home side. What's happening there, Dean? Yeah, their first-grade sides had to fold through mm. a lack of numbers. Uh, Laurie Daly, Adam Perry, Jason Liddle, uh, Lidden, uh, Mick Dobson. So, look, they've sent them away. They said, you don't have enough uh, numbers for yeah. this year. Hopefully you can regroup and come back next year. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's always sad when a famous yeah. country club folds. Um, it's not so much as simple, Ray, as saying they're folding. There's, there's reasons behind country mm. teams folding. You made a very good point off here. Tell oh, well, well, I heard a stat yesterday, day before, 85% of Australia's population live effectively on the coast. So it's difficult for rural regions to have elite sport and also to fund elite sport. So um, that's a real issue and not just confined to rugby league. Our next guest, I might ask him about 
country racing. He'll get a he's got a good handle on it. Richie Callender's on the line. Richie, good morning. And and it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Given the the population does tend to live in the major cities on the coast, um, even for for country racing, I know the prize money is great, but they they've got unique challenges out there in the bush. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bulldog. Yes, they do. But what Bulldog's saying about a lot of the, the, the football with Laurie Daly's team, it, it all comes down to funding. Um, they go where they, they get best supported. And the point. one bonus we've got yeah. in racing is the funding is terrific. Um, country trainers, obviously, we can always do more. There's no doubt about that. But uh, look, I, I think country racing is in a pretty good space at the moment. And um, we're going pretty good. But you, you've got to keep supporting country racing. It's the backbone. A lot of great people out there that do. I know a lot of our city trainers and provincial trainers work hard, but uh, they should spend a week in the in the shoes of a few mm. country trainers. Uh, they'd, they're in the car about 16 hours a day, and then the other eight hours they're, they're at the track, and then they start to work out, when do I sleep? Yeah, no, the tyranny of distance is a major issue in the bush. But you, you mentioned that um, that the money is, is good in the bush, and hopefully trainers are and participants are making a decent living out of the sport. More can be done. But little initiatives like the big dance, and I know people are saying, oh, but the city train is going to dominate this race. But I have a different view on that, Rich, and I'd love your thoughts. I think this is actually going to focus interest on country racing. And then with that on those particular country cup meetings when that, that country cup is eligible for the winner and runner-up to go towards the big dance, that then has the byproduct of focusing more interest on that meeting, the support races, all the um, ancillary businesses that then get a, a push by people coming into the area for that race meeting, etc. Do you know where I'm coming from, Rich? Ray, it's like when you have, when you have the Olympics uh, or you have the Commonwealth Games, it, it's not just the money that happens on that day. That's not what the big picture is. It's that you've got that period of time to promote your city to the rest of the world. And then when they think of a holiday in three months' time or six months or 12 months, they come and you get the rewards then. When the, the big dance, the little dance was announced, Peter in Race New Wales never said it was specific for country trainers. What it is is it's for country areas. Yeah. To promote the areas, yes, the city trainers will go because you're going to get at the end of it a big pie for a $2 million race. That's going to attract the biggest stables. We understand that. Um, but what you said is right. That helps the town that the big trainers come. But then the on-flux is that the prize money for the rest of the year continues to build and everyone gets to see how good the country racing is. So mm. there's negatives and positives. But overall, I think it's a, it's a great positive. Um, I saw what John Hawks, the Hawks stable, took that horse, Brenton Abdullah, won the other day up at... Bandersnatch, uh, yeah. Mm. Bandersnatch at Tamworth. It'll now get into the... No doubt with its benchmark, it'll get into the final. I remember, what's the last one in October? I think it's out at Canamble. Yes, that's Um, right. They've already got a country championship, but now having the cup meeting as part of the big dance. Now, in six hours, you'll get a couple of good horses making their way out there, hoping to get the prize to come into the city, and that'll help Canamble as a city and a town. Mm, Exactly right. And and on a similar theme, Rich, yesterday, the the Hawkesbury standalone, it's been around since 2006. I know you're you're a great supporter of that club and that meeting. I I love the race day. And despite the the weather again, which wasn't the best yesterday morning, um, again, the the race meeting was excellent. And more importantly, great buzz in the crowd, good numbers despite that morning rain. And and, uh, it just works, Rich. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room to start with, Ray. The the finishing post? No, because it's a $12 Uber fare for you to get there. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Ray Thomas loved it. I could almost walk there. I'm well aware. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Don't get me started on the winning post. I think Mm. it's um, my personal opinion. 
is that it's ridiculous. Um, when you've got a winning post 200 metres from the crowd, it just seems... It goes flat that last little bit, then everyone turns to a TV. No, I, I, and I think a lot of the time at Hawkesbury, we have some great racing there, but it's, I think it was more competitive when the winning post was further back. Um, therefore, we got speed into the race. A lot of races now aren't as speed. But in relation to the standalone day yesterday, when Brian Fletcher brought it in with, with the Racing Health Wales Health, it's been nothing but a success. Uh, even on days when it's gloomy and overcast, it's still a huge success yesterday. Um, Hawkesbury is so close to the city. James head over there. I've had a couple of meetings with James with all the trainers at Hawkesbury, and there's a bit of a buzz around. Mm. I was out there on Wednesday morning again, um, walking the track. Ricky Johnson's done a good job. The track's in great nick. It, it's really going to build. We've got to get the infrastructure right, then we can build more stables and get more people and more trainers out there. But in five, ten years' time, it'll be a huge part. It's basically Sydney now, yeah. but in another five years, you know, you'll be saying, you're at Ramagal Hawkesbury. It won't <laughs> exactly. make a difference. Yeah. Rich, what's, what are your thoughts on the standalone concept, given we are off to Gosford and Scone the next couple of weeks? Oh, I love it, Bulldog. I, you know, I think it's great for our sport, and I think in time we'll have, we'll have more. Look, the, 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 the turnover suggests that you know, we race at Ramwick, we get the best. But when we have, particularly this year, with, with the weather we've had, like Ramwick... It, it it looks it looks like my old man. It looks a bit tired on a Sunday morning. Um, I hope it, Kenny's not listening to this. <laughs> you know what he'd be doing Sunday morning, Dad? Mm. At about this time, Dad goes for a swim Sunday morning. There you go. Yeah, old Kenny boy. He's, he's fighting fit at the moment, old Kenneth. Outstanding. Uh, no, but look, I, I think it's great for that, and particularly the Central Coast Bulldog. It's you, know, you get you get to Gosford in forty five minutes. It, it's part of Sydney now. People don't even you don't even laugh when someone says, "Oh." I just live out of Sydney at the Gosford. We used to, but the roads and the expressways, mm. the trains, Gosford's so much part. Newcastle deserves it. Scone, it's like two days now. It's great to have two days back. And I know Steve Keane, uh, the CEO up there, is going to rip it apart up there. And the, But everyone's back as one up there, which is great at Scone. Their two-day carnival will be outstanding. We've got the Wagga coming up. But in relation to standalone Bulldogs, it's great for the promotion of racing, that feature racing. And on a Saturday... They get to see Chris Waller. They get to see John O'Shea. They get to see Hugh Bowman and James McDonald, Tommy Berry. That's what it's about. And the, 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 the country people, all the provincial people up there, they deserve to see the stars of our sport. Mm. Just one final one, Rich. The best horse from Hawkesbury yesterday? Um, well, horse the to follow. for me yesterday was to see Lucy and Jason Adard win yeah. uh, on mm. night. That was just special. Like That, that, that race means... That would be like... Chris Waller winning the Melbourne Cup for them winning yesterday. And I'm so mm. so happy for two great people to win on their home track, win a feature race yesterday. Um, the best horse yesterday. God, Raymond, Raymond. Well, well, I reckon there might be one for the future. I'll, I'll, let, I'll leave you on this thought, Rich. His name, Sacrimony. Well, I was going to say Sacrimony, but then I thought you'd accuse me of being Chris Waller biased. No, no, I'm just asking <laughs> you what the best horse, and I think potentially he's a very, very promising horse. So, anyway, hey, Rich, as always, really appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning. We're at Gosford next weekend. Look forward to seeing you up there, mate, and have a great Sunday. Two things, Ray, can I just leave you for the talk topic, Nathan Bagley. Oh, yeah, and, the, the, the Olympian rower, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bulldog. How can the NRL ever now charge another player with an eye gouge after Jack Mansell? It was strange, wasn't it, Rich? Not mm. much really came of it. In the end, he was charged, but only a fine. I saw it on the TV that night, and I was a bit surprised that no one actually 
brought it up. Mm. Yeah, Mansour on Kieran Ford. Let me stress, though, Josh Mansour is not a dirty player. Yeah. It's not in his makeup. It's not in his chemistry. It's not in his history. So, yeah, it was a very strange one, though, that not more was made of it yeah, uh, at the point. time. Yeah. We always appreciate Richie Callender's thoughts on a Sunday morning. He'll be back next Sunday to talk Gosford and all things racing. Time for the scratchings. Good morning, Tim. We've got no Bathurst, but plenty of racing on. That's right. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, no Bathurst called off late yesterday, but the Sapphire Coast Racing in New South Wales, and we'll have a quick look at Kilcoy in Queensland. The Sapphire Coast, the weather is fine. The track a heavy eight. The rail is out two and a half metres from the 800 to the 370 and there are 13 scratchings. From race one, take number eight, Sedoni, number eight. Race two, number two, Sestina. Six, Dalmatinka. Eight, Max Doubt, two, six and eight. Race three is clear. Out of race four, number five, Cider Bite, number five. From race five, number two, Almost Persuaded, and nine, Serb Alert, two and nine. Race six, number four, Willful Spirit, and ten, Clever Choice, four and ten. And out of race seven, number three, Nida Dawn, 13, Summer Cloud, Emergencies, 15 and 16. Three, 13, 15 and 16 from race seven at the Sapphire Coast. And looking to Kilcoy, where the weather is fine. The track is a heavy 10. The rail is true and there are 33 scratchings. From race one, take number three. Number three, race two is clear. Out of race three, numbers two, seven and nine. Two, seven, nine. Race four, numbers one, three, four, five, six, ten, eleven and twelve. One, three, four, five, six, ten, eleven, twelve. From the fifth, numbers one, four, nine, and ten. One, four, nine, and ten. Race six, numbers two, five, six, eight, nine, twelve, fourteen, and seventeen. Two, five, six, eight, nine, twelve, fourteen, and seventeen. Race seven, numbers two, four, nine, thirteen, and sixteen. Two, four, nine, thirteen, and sixteen. And out of race eight, numbers three, nine, ten, and fourteen. 3, 9, 10 and 14 from race 8 at Kilcoy. Thanks, Tan. Tips today, Sapphire Coast, race 2, number 4, pandering into race 5, number 2, almost persuaded, and race 6, number 2, Matata, all at backable odds. Here's the 8 o'clock news. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombe. The Coalition is cracking down on online safety in its latest pre-election pledge. The government's $23 million will be used to distribute e-safety information to schools as part of the plan. Technology companies would also be required to make it easier to set parental controls on devices. The opposition's plan to establish a royal commission into robo-debt would cost $30 million. The debt collection scheme, which ran for four years from 2015, unlawfully sought more than $1.8 billion from welfare recipients. Shadow Minister for Government Services Bill Shorten says those responsible need to be held to account. There isn't anyone in this government who hasn't been near robo-debt. The reason why they settled is they didn't want to get into the box and admit who knew what when. 
So we haven't yet got that missing piece of the puzzle. The people have got their money back, but the Australian taxpayers never had a satisfactory explanation. Meantime, Labor will officially launch its campaign in Perth today with a new housing plan, the party's policy centrepiece. Under the scheme, a Labor government would cover up to 40% of the cost of a new home. 10,000 households a year would be eligible. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says more than one million people have been evacuated to Russia since it began its invasion of Ukraine. The BBC's Joe Inwood is in Kyiv. The Ukrainians have painted a different picture. They've talked of people being forced to go to Russia, some of them even being used as hostages. Now, I think it is worth reflecting that there are many Ukrainians who might have gone to Russia voluntarily. They've got family there, they will share a language. But there are many who either would have gone because there was no other safe option, or there are these accusations that people are being not just forced, but imprisoned there, and some of them even used as bargaining chips. There was a suggestion that the Russians were trying to swap civilians for prisoners of war, for Russians that have been captured in the fighting here. Now that is a breach of the Geneva Conventions. In an Australian first, video game workers will be asked to be part of a union. Game Workers Australia will support, advise and represent them. It's being set up by Professionals Australia. Chief Executive Jill McCabe says game workers are critical to Australia's digital economy. And whilst the big businesses certainly have a, an industry association to represent them, the game workers need a union to also step in and make sure that uh, the workers' needs are also being addressed as part of the sector. An Australian military plane has conducted air-to-air refuelling with the Japanese Air Self-Defence Force for the first time. The ability to be able to refuel was tested over three weeks and coming up in August, the Japanese Air Self-Defence Force will take part in exercise pitch black in the Northern Territory. And New South Wales parents have chosen Oliver and Olivia as the most popular names for babies. Oliver tops the list for boys, followed by Noah, Jack and then William. Attorney-General Mark Speakman says for girls, Olivia comes in ahead of Amelia and Charlotte. About 40% of babies born last year had names in the top 100 and that's been similar over the last few years. This is Air News. Canberra has slumped to a sixth loss from eight games in the NRL, beaten 21-20 to in Golden Point by the Warriors. A dejected coach, Ricky Stewart, says he was extremely disappointed with the second half. A lot lost for comment in regards to the quality of that football in the second half. And, and for any any loyal fan, any real fan that we've got left, it's, you know, I feel, I feel really... Um, embarrassed and, and sorry for them. Wins to the Bulldogs and Cowboys. In the AFL, GWS has snapped a three-game losing streak with a 113-54 to 54 point win over Adelaide. Giants midfielder Josh Kelly has told Fox Sports it was important to find some form. Um, it was pleasing. You know, we've been under the pump, club's been under the pump, so to put in, you know, to start like that and then have four pretty solid quarters, um, it's pretty pleasing. Carlton, Port Adelaide, Melbourne and Fremantle also had wins. Shane Van Gisbergen has claimed his seventh win of the Supercars season with a race 10 victory in Perth last night. Just have to thank the team. It's um, so awesome to drive a good car here and yeah, enjoyed myself and stoked to get a win. Anton Di Pasquale and Cam Waters came second and third. The Jack Jumpers are celebrating their 79-72 win over Melbourne United.
United in the NBL. And in Super Netball, Queensland beat New South Wales 73-60. to West Coast Fever too strong for the Adelaide Thunderbirds winning 60-51. to Australian Independent Radio News. This is Sky Sports Radio. Heard throughout New South Wales, including Gundagai on 87.6 FM, Batemans Bay on 96.3 FM, Lennox Head on 87.6 FM and Wagga Wagga on 95.5 FM. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. You know the feeling when your mate's golf ball flies past yours? Or when you're on the green in regulation, but he holds it from the bunker? At Drummond Golf, we get it. That's why we have our lowest price guarantee. As Australia's biggest, you can count on our massive buying power for the lowest prices in golf. But if you do happen to find a lower advertised price, we'll beat it. The Drummond Golf lowest price guarantee. Unbeatable. Conditions apply. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Remember, if you're going out drinking tonight, plan ahead to get home safely. Make sure you leave the car at home and get a lift. RVT means you need a plan B. If you're drinking, don't drive. In Mount Pritchard, a set of traffic lights are flashing yellow on Elizabeth Drive at Meadows Road. That's affecting all directions. And some road work on the M4 affecting westbounders from Eastern Creek to Glenmore Park. Some lane closures and the speed limit has been reduced as well. The Fork Festival is on right now. Get up to 50% off at loads of irresistible Sydney restaurants. Download the Fork app and book now. T's and C's apply. I'm Tim Govers, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. Uh, Sydney today, possible shower heading for a top of 22 degrees. Melbourne, partly cloudy and 20. Brisbane, a shower or two, a top of 24 degrees. Over in Perth, sunny and 25. Adelaide, partly cloudy, 21 degrees. Hobart, cloudy and 19. Darwin, mostly sunny, a lovely 35 degrees up there in Darwin. And the nation's capital, Canberra, sunny and 18. It's Quall! And it is Quall! Galaxy's done it, and the Mariners lead! We're headed to Game 3, and the Cinderella story has one more chapter to be written. Threatening to break 30. Drinkwater, audacious, look at the chase! It's a try! It's Drinkwater! It's scintillating! North Queensland have slaughtered the Parramatta Reels 35 to 4. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend.
And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Big second hour coming up very shortly. Peter Peters will join us. Tom Sherry, who won the Hawkesbury Cup on Kerwin's Lane yesterday, will join us. League Super Quiz, I ask you every Sunday, Dino, what's the score check? I don't know. Maybe 7-5, but Wayne will be out there listening, and I'm sure we're he will write text down. in. It's embarrassing. The yeah. accurate score. Um, our good friend, Jared Daffy, still on the sidelines. We, we, As we do every week, we're wishing him a speedy recovery. Fortunate to have Glenn Munsey, who will step in again to help out whilst Jared recovers. And Phil Moss to talk the world of football. Plenty of sport. We'd love to hear your say on anything to do with sport. 13 53 53 SMS 0419 767 272. Dino, our talk topic today is falls from grace in sport after Boris Becker, unfortunately for finance fraud, has ended up in jail. Got a call on the line, Sam. I think he wants to talk about our talk topic. Sam, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Terrific, good. Sam. Good. I've got a couple, but my first one is Lance Armstrong. Oh, hard to beat Lance Armstrong, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Gee, yeah, uh, we'll talk he about a fall from world, grace. He? he lied to the world for, for years. years and years. Years, yeah. yeah. No, that was and a bad sucked one. sucked a lot of people in. He did, yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the other one was Craig Phil uh, from South, Warmer South, mm. but when he done for Mansfield when he went to jail. Yeah, I interviewed Fieldsy in January, actually, Sam. Yeah, how's he going, Dean? He's he come out. Yeah, he did, uh, he did a tough time in jail, obviously. did seven <clears> or eight <throat> years, I believe. But mm. he's really embracing life at the moment, Craig, and he's, he's bounced back. He's admitted his faults, and he is living yeah. life to the full up there at Kingscliff on the exactly. New South Wales north coast. Just on our talk topic, Pat has sent an SMS. He's 100% right, as Sam was. Always thought there was something strange about Lance Armstrong's eyes, and he was one twisted sister, according to Pat. I think he could be the grand poobah of this one. I think you're right. There's a few others there, but no, Lance Armstrong, he sort of fooled the world for a long, long time. Paul Hayward, another one I mentioned here, right? Eh? Of course, drug smuggling in 1978. That comes oh, in from yeah. Daryl Swan up there in Kingaroy. And Georgie Best served three months behind bars for drink driving in 2004. And, and Daryl also mentions Marion Jones. Now, I actually interviewed her after she won the gold medal. I was in the press pool at the Olympics in 2000. I asked her a question. And she was as big a star in world sport at the time as you could find. She was massive. So her fall from grace, really sad, and it just goes to show. But anyway, I think she ended up playing some basketball in America, and it is what it is. Our next guest, he'll have his thoughts on the world of rugby league. Plenty to talk about. Peter Peters is on the line. Zorb, good morning. Morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. Zorb, well, can I take you back firstly to last night, and Tanya and I got home only the second half. I think it was much of the same in the first half. The Cowboys 35, Parramatta 4, they were just far too good, the Cowboys. Can I ask you a double-barreled question, Zorb? Where does that put the Cowboys? Where does that put the, the Eels? Well, Cowboys are the real deal. I mean, they were they were tremendous last night up in Darwin. 29 degrees. In the opening 10, 15 minutes, they withstood everything that Parramatta threw at them. Parramatta had all the ball. They just defended, defended, defended. You would have thought that in normal circumstances that Parramatta would then run over the top of them, but that didn't happen. It went the other way. Some brilliant performance by the uh, by the Cowboys. The best I've seen from them since mm. 2017 when they won the comp. Um, and 15 minutes at half-time in Darwin, great effort. Drinkwater felt Townsend, outstanding. Some of their young forwards, brilliant. Um, the style of play, the set plays, mm. three, three tries to felt. Um, 
They led 19-0 and then just went on with it. 35-4. to Brilliant performance. Probably the best I've seen outside of the top two gun sides this year. Valentine Holmes went over to the New York Jets, came back, really took a long while to find his feet. He's showing it now. Brilliant last night. And goal kicking. Really a, really a help mm. to the um, to the side. Coach Todd Payton. I don't know what he's done. Yeah, well done he, to him. Well done. He was under pressure, yeah. wasn't he? He's done a great job. He was under a lot of pressure, mm. particularly with what he was doing with Jason Tomalolo. Well, Tomalolo last night wound back the clock. He was rumbling forward and um, had a great game. So, look, that's an impressive win. Parramatta, I think we, I, I don't know about the experiment of uh, splitting up his halves. I uh, don't think that's worked. And um, it's been it's been forced to... on him though, Zorb. To be fair, it's been forced on Brad Arthur due to the injuries with his centres. So, well, I, I don't think it's been forced on him. I mean, he's got other players that can play centre. Um, I, I wouldn't have split Moses and Brown. Mm. I think that's been a major mistake. Um, it's always hard when you play your son. Brad would probably be harder on him than he is uh, on other players. But I don't think he's the answer. Uh, in those halves for Parramatta. They need to uh, get their halves back in sync and uh, and work something else out in the centres. But mm. terrific performance by the Cowboys, who now are in third spot. Zorb, should Carl Lawton have been sent off? Oh, Bulldog, I I think yes. I have to agree with, um, with the referee. Um, it was a bad one. He's not a dirty player. I see that you've interviewed him today. He's a, one of the nicest folks you'd meet, um, and he's suffering. I I don't agree, though. I think the league should take into account when they suspend players. He he only played nine minutes of that game. So Manly played almost the entire game, one man short. They were really going to do a tough to win. I think that's one match suspension that he's already served. And it should be taken into account the amount of time that they're out of the match. And if he takes an early plea, which they will, he'll get four weeks. Well, I think in this case, there should be a week taken off, but it's not going to happen. But perhaps down the track, they can look at that. Mm. But yeah, he had to go. So thankful that um, um, the South skipper, um, not injured in the tackle, um, and good luck to him for getting up and, and um, it could have been really bad. Yeah, no, Karen Murray did the right thing straight away. Hey, Zorb, I reckon I know what Dino's answer to my next question to you is, but is the bunker working, Zorb? Well, it is in some in some ways, and we saw last night how brilliantly it can work. Correct, yeah. In, in, the, in the final moments of that game between mm. Canterbury and, um, and the Roosters, and what a game of football it was, um, the Roosters... Really going back. I mean, when's the last time you, you, you know you, you'd see Luke Keary failed to find touch um, from a penalty, conceded a try from dummy half. Sam Walker threw a shocking pass that was intercepted by Addo Addo Carr, and they even sent a restart sailing out of the full. That's not the Roosters, and Trent Robinson's got some problems in that side. The halves aren't working, and that's the key to every side. We just spoke about it with uh, Parramatta. The Roosters too. We've got to look at that. Luke Keary. Sadly, out of form. Nowhere near the player that we've grown to love over um, over many seasons. But 
Um, getting back to the bunker, um, the interference uh, uh, by the bunker really saves the game because uh, we saw in um, in the final moments uh, young Suwali cross for what we thought was a try. They cleared everything else, but then they went back and had a look, and sure enough, before he planted the ball, his uh, his his boot touched the sideline, which is out, and uh, it was no try. The Bulldogs finally got some luck going their way um, after what was a uh, an amazing week for them. Amazing week, amazing finish. Um, who would have believed that they'd beat the Roosters 16-12? So much controversy, speculation with the um, the boss man Phil Gould running a drugs, dogs training session during the week. It had the desired effect, three tries each, and uh, that amazing finish. I mm. thought Kyle Flanagan, who's been... You know, hit from pillar to post. I thought some of his defence last night was absolutely outstanding against some big men coming at him. He never flinched, and I thought he did a great job. And good luck to him from for coming back from where he was. Zorb, I said earlier in the program, the master struck again last mm-hmm. week. PVL <laughs> went to his contacts. He flushed it out. Pushed it out there that we were taking our grand final to Brisbane. Before you know it, he's in Dominic Perrottet's office. And voila, the GF looks like it's staying in Sydney. Was it ever really going? Never. And uh, I had to laugh during the week at, at some of the uninformed, some people that shouldn't really get into sport. Carl Stevanovic on nine during the week. And nine, of course, have the rights to um, the NRL and to State of Origin and particularly the Grand Final. You know, he was suggesting that... Um, that it had to go to Brisbane, that that was now the capital of rugby league. I mean, it was so much rubbish and parochial Queenslanders coming out of their little cupboards and having their say. (laughs) The cold hard facts are that you can get 35,000 more in Sydney for a grand final. That equates to a lot of dollars for the NRL. To suggest they were going to go elsewhere for 35,000 fans less was just ridiculous. It was never going to happen. And but you might have picked up another six, seven, eight million to take the game up there, Zorb. That would have nullified your uh, attendance argument. No, oh, I don't think so, Bulldog. I think it's a, there was never any doubt that New South... I mean, the New South Wales government and the Rugby League and the NRL haven't worked hand-in-hand hand in getting all of the stadiums up to par, and they're still going to go with some suburban ground still. Um, we've got a new stadium right next door to the cricket ground, which will be opened... Uh, in September, um, we've got work to be done out at um, Olympic Park. Um, we've, we've got stadiums to be improved in Penrith. We've got a brand new one at Parramatta. I mean, that all costs a lot of money, and there's got to be some retention of some sort of association between the game and the governments that's done that, and it's going to happen, and it was just hot air. Um, just on that bunker, I failed to mention, uh, and I should have, um, that... I just pointed out how good the bunker was, but in the game, um, in the game between, it was the Warriors and the Raiders, mm-hmm. and in that game there was a shocking blunder by the by the bunker in awarding a penalty for a high shot, um, which just didn't happen. It um, it led to two points. The game being level, and then the then the Warriors winning it in Golden Point. But 
that penalty against Corey Horsburgh was ridiculous. The man did nothing. We discussed it earlier, Zorba. Well, you know what? To the letter of the law, I thought there was some accidental or incidental contact with the head in this soft PC world we live in these days. In the old days, that would have been play on. Mm. But, you know, I've seen other penalties this year exactly the oh, same, Zorba. Any incidental contact was a penalty. I, I don't think it was a penalty by any means. It was uh, it was wrapped around his shoulder, mm. his arm. I don't think it ever hit him in the head. And, you know, for that big thing to fake an injury, I thought it was weak after what Matt Lodge does in a game uh, to lie down to get a field goal. I mean, everybody fell for it. The bunker fell for it. And it it, 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 was, a, it was a bad loss for Ricky Stewart McCamber Raiders when... Mm. They probably should have hung on and won the game. I, I was a, just milking by Lodge. That's what it was. And everybody fell for it. The bunker fell for it. Referee in the end had to go with it. I hate it, Zorba. I hate mm. milking. I hate it. I'll tell you what else I hate. Every time they stay down. And the problem is, Zorba, as, as you rightly say, every time they do stay down, they get a penalty. So, mm. hello, as much as I hate it, why wouldn't you? Exactly. We need some referees to really stand up and say that is looking. Absolutely. Get up and play on. Exactly right. But then the bunkers stick their head in. That's the problem. Mm. Um, I'm also, look, we've been saying it for years. I I don't like, I mean, our game is one of the world's toughest body contact codes of football. There's no place for the faint-hearted in the playing ranks. But the game's been taken over um, by political correctness. The habit of patting a player on the head after he's made a blatant error is becoming chronic in all clubs. I saw Martin Kapow make a terrible mistake right before half-time, give South a try at um, Central mm. Coast Stadium. And it cost Manly a brave lead at half-time. And yet players were patting Marty on the head. I know what John O'Neill would have done to him. <laughs> he would have just said, listen, you do it again, I'm going to line you out. Oh, what about the try celebrations? Or what about they all run in from the wing now? If yes. the opposition drops it's the ball and the play the spirit. ball, I know. Look, it's the new age. In the old days, it's you, new age. It's you, horrible. You shook hands in the old days. You didn't cuddle. But <laughs> no, I'm a dinosaur king. No, no, you're not. Well, you are, but not in this instance. I mean, it, it, I mean, the game, the game is built around skill and toughness and being a man or a woman now in our game and. You know that's 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 great, but let's not get into this political correctness thing. If, Too late you know, now. <laughs> pat them on the just, just say to them, let's get over it or something like that. But patting them on the head and carrying on when the opposition drop the ball and it's just beyond comprehension to my book. Hey Zorb, can we finish on a high? Can you try and steer the punters into a a bit of a collect this afternoon? Newcastle take on Melbourne at two o'clock. Head to head, a dollar eight. The Storm, Melbourne, uh, Newcastle are uh, eight dollars. And the four o five games, St George, Illawarra against the West Tigers, dollar fifty three. The Dragons head to head, Tigers two fifty. How do you see these two games, mate? Well, there's been some upsets, haven't there? Yeah. I mean, I think if you've got two right so far, you're doing well. And Last week, we spoke about Katoni Staggs versus Talakai. Well, that was a knockout victory to Staggs. I think he's got to be in the New South Wales side. Um, I think he showed it. He, 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 he pulled on that uh, one-on-one. He said, yeah, I'm ready for it. A week before it happened, and mm. wow, was he ready. And um, great win by the Broncos over the Sharks. Who would have believed that? Congratulations to Kevin Walters. I've given him some this season, but that was a great win. Just on today's games, look, I don't think the trend will continue. 
not when the Storm are playing the Knights, even though it's in Newcastle, they're $8 in a two-horse race, the Knights, on, t- on the tab. Mm. Um, the Storm will eat them up. I, I think that Ryan Pappenhausen has got to be in the New South Wales um, 17 without a doubt. I think he'll show it today up against uh, Caelan Ponga. Um, that'll be an interesting clash, but I, I can't see the Knights getting within cooey of the Storm. The other game down at uh, Wind Stadium in Wollongong will be a beauty. Mm. The Tigers, two wins, albeit on uh, field goals in recent weeks. Um, they got, they're got they pumped up and ready to go against the Dragons, who had a good win last week. Look, I think Ben Hunt versus uh, Jackson Hastings in the number sevens will decide the issue. They're both dominant players and, and, and players that will lead their side um, from that position. Hunt is in career best form. Hastings has been a revelation since he's come back to Australia, just up the road from where he lives in uh, Warilla. So it's a home game for him today and his family. They'll be there in force. Terrific game of football. Dragons to win a close one. Storm to win easily. And um, can't wait for uh, Thursday night, uh, South Sydney against the Broncos. And then um, Mm. Friday night, Penrith versus uh, Parramatta. And Parramatta are going to get back on the horse. But they do usually go well against Penrith. Yep, they do, yes. Some big games coming up next weekend, but those two games today, Zorbs tipping the Storm to win it easily and the Dragons to get home. Hey, Zorb, appreciate it. We'll talk next Sunday. Look forward to it, boys. Thanks, King. There's Peter Peters talking all things the world of sport. Dino, we'll better take a quick break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The Putters Panel. Bandersnatch. This horse has won three listed races. He's run third to Ellsberg in a group three. Fifth or sixth in the hunter behind Lost and Running. He's got the right jockey, trainer and barrier. Don't dismiss him. I think he's great odds at the eight or nine dollars. Bandersnatch moves out after them on the inside. Constant flight, but it's Bandersnatch in front. Race wins the cup. The Putters Panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yucca, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1800 858 858. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flavour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's Pies? Because at Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. 75 to go, a half clear from Hopeful, Kerwin's Lane, a tissue very late, Kerwin's Lane wins the cup, Kerwin's Lane from either Hopeful or a tissue, fourth in was Brutality. 
On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray, and that was the Hawkesbury Gold Cup won by Kerwins Lane. Dino, some jockeys just click with horses, and Tom Sherry clicks with Kerwins Lane. They've won their last three times that they've been together, including the Hawkesbury Cup yesterday, and Tom's been good enough to join us on a Sunday morning. Tom Sherry, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Dino. Uh, thanks for joining us, Tom, and... and you do seem to have a, a, a good rapport with Kerwin's Lane. You know the horse well, and he responds to you, Tom. Yeah, um, we, we seem to have a good connection. Um, before I started to win on him last preparation, he was running quite well without without winning. Um, although I've been in, in decent grade, um, when I seemed to partner with him last prep, we, we clicked, and it's been quite good. Um, mm. You know, three metropolitan wins, and, and now we group three, so it's a it's a, it's a good connection, and um, Mr O'Shea has a, a lot of confidence in me when I when I get aboard him. Yeah, and, and I was talking earlier too, Tom. Um, uh, John O'Shea deliberately targeted the Hawkesbury Cup for a couple of reasons. The horse races well second up. He's got a terrific record at a mile, so all those things were in place. I guess the one unknown for yesterday, Tom, for yourself and for John O'Shea, was how he would handle those very heavy and testing conditions. Yeah, um, is it? Mr. O'Shea is, is terrific at, at um, placing these horses, and he um, last preparation he said, "Oh, we'll bring them back, and uh, we'll bring them back this prep, and, and we'll target all the the Hawkesbury Cup and the Scone Cup, and we'll see how he how he levels up there." But um, there was always going to be a concern on the when the rain was coming, and, and the, it didn't look very promising at the start of today. Mm. But um, when the sun came out and the track was. In my opinion, it was still on the war side of a nine. Uh, it was very, very testing. But he got through the conditions well and uh, he handled the occasion very, very correctly. Tom, when are you due to come out of your apprenticeship? Um, I've got exactly 20 days today. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, what's the plans then, Tom? Have you thought about what you're going to do post your apprenticeship where you might base yourself? Um, I have anxiety thinking of thinking yeah. it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I get anxiety thinking about it. But I just, look, it's... I've just been drilled from from the day I took out an apprenticeship in Ireland. It's just work hard and and keep keep turning up. So um, I'll definitely try to get a couple of new connections and at the same time stay loyal to my boss Mark Newman and um, hopefully things just uh just evolve around that. Yeah, I'm sure it will because I know your work ethic is widely admired. It is a big jump, isn't it, Tom? When you come out of your apprenticeship um, and you're suddenly competing on level terms with arguably the deepest pool of riding talent. I think certainly in the Southern Hemisphere, if not in world racing, we've got 10, 12, 15 world-class senior jockeys in the Sydney riding ranks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the... Even if you look at the weigh room at the moment, you got you got group women and riders that are, are not riding, you know, not having the overly, overly amount of rides on, mm. on a race day, which is... It's amazing because you get... You get the likes of myself where coming out of an apprenticeship, um, not having won a, won a group one, obviously, and, and um, you know where do you sort of where do you line up with with jockeys that have already won all the all the big races and are still sort of struggling to get rides in in Sydney at the moment. So it's it's extremely tough at the moment. Um, but as I said, it, it's you got to sort of be at the, in the right place at the right time. And if I can if I can 
ride a bit of outside work for a couple of trainers and hopefully sit on a couple of decent horses that will um, build nice momentum going forward. Yeah, well, you certainly are building a nice momentum into that next stage of your career. And you've been in Sydney about almost three years now, I think, Tom. I know your mum still follows your career very, very closely and she was on social media from Ireland last night. She was very happy with that Group 3 win for you in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup yesterday. Yeah, I think whether it's a, a maiden at Nowra or a, or a Group 3, uh, she doesn't really mind what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> when she can post something about it. But uh, nah, she's, she's very proud and she, she follows the follows the Australian racing, which is uh, which is which is fantastic. Um Keep keeps her motivated, and I'm sure she's proud. So it's a it's a great great honour for me. Now, Tom, we all know the Irish love a sing along. Now, <laughs> after what we've seen with the great oh, Robbie Dolan, yeah. can we see you on the Voice soon? <laughs> oh, I've, I've, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a whistler. That's <laughs> can you whistle something? Give us something to take us forward. <laughs> what are you doing, Dina? <laughs> it must be an Irish song. Give us one chorus. I said that when I when I went to watch Robbie on the on the voice, I said, um I said, Look, we'll just we'll start to put pen to paper now and I'll just be our manager going forward. <laughs> he did did a good job, didn't he, Tom? Oh, Gee, he all the terrific. chairs turned and Yeah. I was I've never heard him I've heard him sing in the car on the way to the races or he sent me a clip of him howling at home in his room, but I've when I heard him <clears throat> on the big speakers and on the stage and stuff, I was still blown away. It was amazing. Yeah. It's put the pressure on you, doesn't it, Tommy? Everyone's yeah, out well, thinking, you're going to have to come out and sing now. I'm happy to stand in the background. <laughs> exactly. I'll just take the check. Oh, no, exactly. Well, you can act as his manager, but I'm sure you'll be at the foreground as you have been through your apprenticeship when you join the senior ranks And as you said, just 20 days. That was a great advertisement yesterday to win a Hawkesbury Gold Cup Group 3 level on Kerwin's Lane. Congratulations, Tom. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning and the very best of luck as you enter the senior ranks later this month. No, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Tom. There's Tom Sherry, a terrific young man, a terrific rider, and widely admired, Dino, for his work ethic. He's amazing. He works so hard, that young man. It's a great story, isn't it? He is, yeah. Come yeah. across all the way from Ireland. How old is he raised? Not old. He's about 22, and he was... Still very young, though, isn't it? Um, building fences out at Windsor. Yeah, yeah. For the first stuff. six months here, and he finally decided, I better give this a crack, because Australian summers were too hot. <laughs> he got sick of standing up there in 42 Good degrees. So he's turned around, and he's riding particularly well. Um, we've got a couple of calls there on the line, Dino. Sally's there. Sally, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Dean. How are we, boys? Charlie, thanks for waiting for us, Sally. What, what have you got for us, mate? Mate, I was just earlier you were just talking about the New South Wales Junior Rep Grand Finals yesterday. I was, I was lucky enough to call all three games yesterday, and oh, there you go. Um, some cracking games. And the Tasha Gale, the, the girls, was a a twelve ten win to the Roosters. And then, as you're talking about earlier, Dino, the, the Magpies, they had their first win since yeah, two thousand and two was their SG Ball team last one the Good on the it. cup, yeah. but they were. As the gentleman said earlier, they, they play like a team. They they really, really do. And they had a tough semi-final last week that went into extra time. So it did help them. But, guys, the, the, the main course, the SG ball. Sully, how did Penrith win that? Tell me how they oh, won. Right. <laughs> I'm still 20 nil at half time. The Roosters lead. And, then, and the Roosters have been unbeaten, haven't they, this season? Correct. Yeah, yeah unbeaten. And they just got a couple of injuries back end of the game with 15 to go. And... Um, a couple of head, one head knock in particular in the forges, and then all of a sudden Penrith went bang. Yeah, young Couture, who's off to the Dolphins, as we know, boys. He just guided the side around beautifully, and then oh, Keegan Smith, Keegan Russell Smith, 
cometh the hour, cometh the, the mm. man. Boys, on full time, kicks one from the sideline. Go you good things. Unbelievable. <laughs> Wonderful day. Really, really good. Showcased it beautifully by um, the New South Wales Rugby League. Great day. My first time to Combank. How good's that stadium? Combank oh. is fantastic. Hey, Sully, you paint a terrific picture there. Thanks for that call. Combank is a, a, a terrific place to watch football. I know you've been there before. I saw a couple of friends at Penrith at, at Hawkesbury yesterday, including Panthers legend Royce Simmons. Want to give him a quick cheerio? That was the great man. He was fantastic in great form. He's about to do a walk, Dino, um, from Goolagong to I'll get this right. Um, where he's going from. While you're looking at that, he has a uh, Harbour Cruise fundraiser next. Which you're Which I'll be on. Yeah. And I'll be interviewing the great Jeff Finnick. That's I it. I think Brandy, Freddie, Craig Gower, all the Penrith legends will be there. So that's, it's, yeah, that's fantastic. It's sold out already. Yep. It's from May 17. He's walking 10 days from Goolagong to Penrith to raise funds for dementia. As we know, Royce has got a bit of a battle ahead, but right now he's in fantastic form. Looks fighting fit, Dino. I reckon he could have run out for the Panthers next weekend if they need him. And it was great to see him at the races. And he got a little win on the first. He backed Burgundy, so he got off to a flyer. Just before we go to a break, Ray, Rooster Man taunting the Tigers and Magpies, saying, can't wait to see the West's Harold Matthews team turning out for my Roosters <laughs> in years to come. Very, <laughs> very cheeky. You can't say that, Rooster Man. We, we better call now for the League Super Quiz. Wayne's let us know. It is 7-5 my way. Dino, thanks, Wayne. Thank God we've got Wayne listening every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> thanks as always, Wayne. Call now, 13-53-53. That's 13-53-53 to be part of the League Super Quiz. Hunter's Postmortem with Ron Duffersey. We all know he broke the rules, but I've always said it. You get this inside bias uh, where there's two lanes up the inside and it causes more drama than anything in racing. Dean Lester. What's the worst look? The way Nash rode the race in the Queen Elizabeth and excessive whip use or having to virtually force a run in that race on Saturday. What's the worst look? I know what I think. I thought Saturday was a horrible look. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in. <laughs> While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh yeah, looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game, see your local expert at Drummond Golf. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Seeing shows in evening clubs with you. 
You've got to be able to back yourself, Dino. Can yeah. you hold a note? No. <laughs> I'm the world's worst singer. No, no. Worst cook, too. Uh, oh, yeah, Tanya's not. Tanya's a green cook as well. Worst How singer. A worst singer. Any yeah. struggling off during the week? No, no. no. But Is I'll that now finished? No, no, no. The experiment no. went so horribly wrong. Yeah, I want to. Go better. Right. I won't okay. be strong enough today, though. Um, Tanya's in studio because producer Steve Stillcrook. Tanya, toss, heads Dino. to me, please. Heads it heads is. It is. Player it number one, I will go first, Ray. Okay. And that would be you, Mark. Good morning, fellas. How are Good you, Good morning, mate? Mark. Best of luck, yeah, not mate. Too bad. Nice to see the sun out, which is nice. Yeah, it's oh, beautiful, isn't, that isn't it, Beautiful. Mate? Forgot what it was like, Mark, eh? <laughs> Mark. It's so wet. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Let's rip in, Mark. Question number one. This is a tough one first up. What were the two main colours of the university club in the 1930s? The university club in the 1930s? Yeah, that's a tough yeah, one. They're long gone, the club. But Was it like a green and yellow stripe? No, oh, it's not a bad effort. It's not a bad effort. Yeah. It was blue and yellow, Mark. So none from one. Let's rip into question number two. Which club plays their home matches at Kugari Oval? Is it A, Winner Manly? B, South Logan, or C, Mackay? Oh, here's a guess. Um, I'll go win a Manly. Correct. Uh, you guess well. Correct. <laughs> Mark's on the board. Mark, one from two. Question number three. Which club did Maroon star Julian O'Neill play the most games for? Was it A, South, B, North Queensland, C, Brisbane? O'Neill, O'Neill, Brisbane. Correct. Yeah, well done. Well Solid done. start Mark. by Mark. Two from three. Raymond, over to you. Okay, we go across to Rabbit. Rabbit, good morning. Good boys. You know what? You've got the most exclusive show ever. I've been trying to get on your show for three years. How long have you been going? We've only been going for two. Yeah. <laughs> no, it seems... Oh, I'm joking, Rabbit. I'm joking. Really, Rabbit? Because you, you get through sometimes on your text, don't you? Yeah? Get no, 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 never on the text. And I'll give you another quick thing. The mm -hmm. dumbest question of the NRL round would have to go to that SEN reporter who asked Ricky Stewart uh -oh. um, while Ricky was trying to slice his wrist during the interview. Mm -hmm. Oh, so how did your hooker go? Do you, were you happy with your hooker? What was the reply, Rabbit? Uh, it was... He was shaking his head, and it was—he was trying to stop him saying the f word. <laughs> That's Rabbit, what I know. Rabbit, I've, I've been to a million press conferences with Ricky, and a lot of them have been after losses. You've really got to pick your mark, oh, absolutely, and pick your question, oh. and pick your moment. Otherwise, yeah. it's yeah. World War III. He makes you look so stupid, Ricky. So he was—he was—he was cannon fodder. Anyway, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Rabbit. Best of luck. You need two to tie and three to win. Here we go. Question number one: Which English Super League side? Plays at the Totally Wicked Stadium in Merseyside. 
God, pick some easy questions, please. <laughs> um, English Super oh, League side. I'll have to go with the, the ones I know up north. I'll, I'll go with Leeds. Oh, bad luck. St. Helens. St. Helens. Oh, St. Helens yeah. is right near Liverpool. It is, yeah. Leeds is on the other side. Anyway, question number two. Multiple choice rabbit. Here we go. We'll get on the board here. Which of these clubs was the most successful in their debut season? A, was it Manly? B, Canterbury? C, Newcastle? Canterbury. It was actually Newcastle. They won five games in their debut season. Canterbury won two. Manly won four. Bad luck, Rabbit. We'll go back to Mark. Mark, congratulations. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, stay on the line. A $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is coming your way. Tanya will get all your details and get that out to you ASAP. Congratulations, Mark. Dino, 7-6. It certainly is. Sounds like a tiebreaker. We're right in the ball game. Our next guest will give us all the latest odds and might even give us a, a market about the league super quiz now that it's going he's neck and neck. He's not as good neck. as Jared Daffy, though, is he? You can't say well, that. Well, he's the, not. The great man's getting out of bed on a Sunday know, morning to help us. I know he is, but I'm just saying, as far as I'm concerned, Daffy's an 8 out of 10 and Munsey's a 7. Gee, Glenn, it's a tough way to intro you. Good morning, Munz. <laughs> morning, Ray. Morning, listeners. Um, <laughs> well, G'day, Bulldog. G'day, Glenn. <laughs> no, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Love pre- to be in the trenches with you. <laughs> no, exactly. Thanks for coming on, Glenn. As I mentioned earlier, Jared still has some health issues and as we say each week, we wish him the very, very best. And But as always to you, Glenn, thanks for filling in at short notice. Two games to complete round eight. Your beloved Rabbits have had a win, so you can rest easy this afternoon afternoon. Newcastle take on Melbourne and St George Illawarra take on the West Tigers, Glenn. Yes, uh, McDonald Jones Stadium at Newcastle, a home game for the Knights there. They're massive outsiders, as you would fully expect, the way they're going at the moment. They're $8 outsiders to the Melbourne Storm this afternoon. This match at 2 o'clock, $1.08. The Melbourne Storm, a huge line of 20 and a half to Newcastle. The over-under at 43 and a half. Um, that they're not always correct, of course. I think you'll find the, the over-under on Friday night, Souths and Manly, was, I think, 40 and a half. They'd scored 34 points in the first half. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen is the $6 favourite to score the first try. They're all short, the Melbourne players. Xavier Coates at six fifty, And uh, the shortest price of the Newcastle players in that game is Anari Tuala, who's a $16 pop. So not expected there to trouble the Melbourne Storm. And I can tell you, uh, there's not a lot of love for Newcastle in any market whatsoever on that match there. Mm. Then 4 o'clock, I'm actually looking forward to this game. I yeah. think it's, it's, a, it's a big opportunity, Bulldog, for these well, either of these sides or both of these sides to say, OK, the last couple of weeks we've turned it around. Are we fair dinkum? Mm. Yeah, I agree, Munz. I, look, the Tigers, I mean, from where they were three weeks ago, they're the talk of the town now. Two one-point wins. Exactly. Yeah. It's just got exciting, hasn't it? And they're two old rivals. And the Dragons and were good on Anzac Day. I, I'm with you, Munz. I'm really looking forward to this game down there in Wollongong. Hopefully they'll get a nice big crowd down there on the water. What's going on, Munz, crossing codes with oh, the we'll AFL? Have a look at this market first, Bulldog. We've got Dragons 153. Sorry, Munz. The West Tigers 250. Four and a half the line in that one. 38 and a half the over-under. Uh, Ravalawa and uh, Fager, the $7.50 equal favourites to score the first try there. Uh, Premiership betting, pe- they, they've started to move right away, Penrith and Melbourne here. Mm. Penrith, 280. Melbourne, 350. It's double figures every other side. Power and Cronulla, 10. Souths and the Roosters, 12. Manly at 15. Now, we've got, don't despair Newcastle fans. 
because we do have a market when your next win will be. And the favourite way is next week, actually, against the Cowboys. And after the Cowboys' effort last good. night, I, I don't yeah. know whether that's all that <laughs> promising to look forward to. You're 275 to beat the Cowboys in round nine and $3 to beat the Dogs in round 10. And speaking of next round, Brisbane and Souths play Thursday night. So Brisbane, four of their first nine games of the competition are against Souths and Canterbury. Yeah, yeah it's How's that work? It's bizarre, yeah. AFL continues round seven today, three games, and the AFL, similar to the NRL, the defending premiers unbeaten. Melbourne are seven and oh, but, and they had that tough game yesterday against Hawthorne. They got one with it by 10 points. It's the closest any team has got to the Demons so far this year, Glenn. Yeah, back to back to back today. Uh, AFL, first at 10 past one at the cricket, uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground. Collingwood, 148. The Gold Coast Suns are 265. 13 and a half the line in that one. 20 past three at Marvel. I don't know whether you can do the double, although uh, I have done the double in the rugby league once when mm-hmm. they had semi finals at uh, uh, Amy. Double header. I think mm-hmm. you're fine. And then the, the cricket, and, and then, well, it was called, what was it called then? Um, Colonial. Um, uh, oh, in, in, in Melbourne, yeah, 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 no one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and no, actually, I did the AFL at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, and then the National Rugby League at Docklands, yeah. back to back, wasn't it? Does it, the races in the rugby league count as a double header? Done that uh, many times. Yes. Mm. yes. Uh, Western Bulldogs one forty two, Essendon two ninety, sixteen and a half the line in that one. And how good is another one? An absolute blockbuster. If you're a red and white mm. fan today, you're going to be very, very busy because at twenty to five. At the cricket ground, it's uh, both sides five from six. Brisbane, slightly better percentages than Sydney. Sydney, 182. Brisbane Lions, $2. Two and a half the line in that one. That should be an absolute ripper. So the channel change is going to get a workout (laughs) after four o'clock. The Dragons and the West Tigers and the Swannies in Brisbane. What about the A-League, Munns? Only one match in the A-League today, Dog. Four o'clock, MacArthur, 225 favourites over Newcastle at $3. The draws at 360. We have a number of English Premier League matches tonight. The NBL were in the semi-finals. Go the Kings. Go the Kings. Well, it's game two of the series. Mm. Uh, best of three series, Sydney and the Illawarra Hawks. Now, Sydney got over the top of the Hawks the other night in Wollongong, 89-79. to 79. They're at home today at three o'clock in game two. They're 173 favourites over the Hawks at 210. Two and a half the line in that one. The other series is tied up one all after mm. the Tassie Jack Jumpers got over the top of Melbourne United last night. Melbourne United favourites to take the comp in the NBL. We've got Super Netball, two o'clock today. The Sunshine Coast Lightning up against the Giants. Four o'clock, the Melbourne Vixens versus the Magpies. In politics, the election, of course, is getting closer by the week. We're only three weeks away. Labor at 150. They've firmed up this week. The Coalition at 255. And any other party at 101. And Ray, mm-hmm. what a huge week of racing coming up. Non-metropolitan racing. Yep, we got, You've got, got Warrnambool's on Tuesday to Thursday. Wagga. You heading to Wagga? No, no, hey. I'm going mm-hmm. to Gosford actually. Wagga mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday. So the Town Plate Thursday, the Guineas <laughs> and the Cup on Friday. Gosford's on Saturday. The Coast, the Gosford Cup, the takeover target. And they've got a new race there that they put out the naming of the new race to the public, and they haven't revealed that as yet. We've got the Rocky Amateurs, or Rocky on Saturday for the running of the Archer. Mm. The Gold Coast is Saturday. The Hollandale, the Gold Coast Guineas, the Ken Russell, the Bracelet, the Silk Stockings, the ATC Cup and the Bat Out of Hell. Um, and we've got Group 1 Racing in Adelaide, the Robert Sankster at Morfordville. Fantastic. So yeah. Racing is 
very, very, very big. Spoiled for choice this weekend. It was weak, Glenn. Can't wait for it. So they should be. No, Ray, I'll be at Gosford on Saturday. I'll actually be at the Joker and the Thief at Terrigal oh, on Friday. You hosting, hosting the, the coast to the coast. That's it. No, it's a, it's oh. a racing luncheon there. Special mm-hmm. guests include Bjorn Baker, Chris Lees, Brett Navdulla, Josh Parr, Timmy Clark, Regan Bayless, and Ronnie Duffus. Duff's back, the great man. Yes, he'll be back, and um, table's still available there. If you'd like to contact the Joker and the Thief, I'll be hosting that toast to the coast from 1 o'clock on Friday. Good on you, Glenn. Th- thanks so much, mate, and thanks again for filling in for Jared Daffy. Great and, job, uh, Munz. Thank you. What, uh, You've won me back. Now, uh, <laughs> Bulldog, what, 7.9? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that high. 7.3, seven, seven, Very two. hard market. You've man. gone up. <laughs> You're very, very hard, man. Looking excited. Thanks, Glenn. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Buns. we got Mossy coming up. Where did yeah. the dribblers, um, uh, you know, make a, you know, another rendezvous this week at the Robbie Slater Lounge? Or? Uh, the Robbie Slater. He would he would have been up there during the week. I saw him at the Forestville shops, actually. Robbie or Mossy? Uh, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he oh, was Mossy carrying on. go to Forestville. He'd be, he'd be more. No, he's a know, bit more exclusive than that. We'll ask him. We'll flick across. Thanks so much, Glenn. Phil Moss, good morning. The, I think Dino was um, casting aspersions upon your good character. Mossy, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise you? I just said you wouldn't be at Forestville. You're a little bit more exclusive than that. <laughs> well, I'll I tell you what. I had to laugh when Munns was talking about he's going to make an appearance at the Joker and the Thief. I don't think there's any more apt place for him to go. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Clark's got a share in that. It's a thriving business. Talking about thriving, how exciting is this EPL? Both Liverpool and Manchester City had wins overnight. Man City stay that one point ahead of Liverpool in the title race, Mossy. Yeah, I stayed up for the Liverpool game. Obviously, that was the uh, the earlier game, but uh, I couldn't keep the eyes open for the Man City game, and nor nor would I because I went to sleep, you know, hoping hoping against hope that they might slip up, but they didn't. They were emphatic in that uh, 4-0 win over Leeds. But um, Liverpool had to work very, very hard for the result mm. of Newcastle away, which which was no surprise. Newcastle have been very, very good under um, under their new manager, Eddie Howe, since he took over. They'd be in the top three in the EPL at the moment uh, if it was just based on results since he took over. But um, a good result away to Liverpool, and um, the, this this race is going to go down right down mm. to the wire and throw in Champions League as well for both of those yeah, uh, clubs, both, Liverpool and Man City. It's so exciting. Both clubs almost in the final, aren't they, the, the Champions League? So. That's right. Well, uh, certainly Liverpool have got one foot in there. Manchester City are going to have to work very, very hard away from home mm. uh, during the week. At the other end of the table, Mossy Everton. Facing potential relegation? Oh, dear, Bulldog, this is not good. This no. is not good for Everton fans. It's great for Liverpool fans. Mm. <laughs> well, that actually, would, it would. is and it isn't because we you know, we always circle that uh, Merseyside derby every season. Imagine a Premier League season without the Merseyside derby. It mm. just doesn't, it doesn't ring true. But uh, they are in real danger. They've got to play Chelsea um, away from home uh, tonight, I think that game is. Um, that's no no mean feat, and you've got Burnley who uh, um, came from behind to uh, to beat Watford overnight. So they've jumped clear. They're mm. now five points clear of the relegation zone. Leeds are five points clear of Everton. The only saving grace for Everton at the moment is they have two games in hand. Yeah. Um, but they are in real danger. They're in 18th spot. As I said, five points away from safety as it stands. Yeah, Leeds still a bit nervous after losing four nil at home to Man. Manchester City. To the A-League, the Mariners have consolidated top, top six spot at least. Mossy and Melbourne City, they're, they're certainly in the driver's seat for the Premier's plate now. 
They are for Mariners fans. They are uh, they're enjoying another mm. great season under Nick Montgomery uh, after um, Alan Stadgett left the club last at the end of last season, getting them back to the finals for the first time in a long time. Um, but uh, listen to this name, Garang Qual. He's the yeah. uh, the brother of Alu Qual, who uh, who's now over in the Bundesliga. But uh, Garang, I commentated this game last night. He scored a goal that is. Um, the quality of this goal can't be it can't be overstated. It was brilliant. He came off the bench. He's done it again. He scored in the F3 derby last week. I, I, I don't like to put massive wraps on young kids, but I'm not sure we'll see him in the A-League for too much longer. He's, uh, his star is rising at a rate of knots. Gee, you know, he's big wraps on him, isn't he? So. And Mossy, uh, Mossy MacArthur's final spot goes on this the line essentially this game. afternoon. yeah. This is huge for MacArthur, and it's huge for New South Wales because it looks like Sydney FC will now miss out on the um, on the finals, uh, given results, and also uh, Western Sydney Wanderers can't make the finals. So MacArthur are the only Sydney side left with any chance. Um, now they are uh, they're sitting seventh spot, so they're still four points outside the six. Uh, Wellington um, Wellington are in pole position, although they lost uh, the other night uh, to Melbourne Victory. But MacArthur. Four points outside. They've got two games to play, same as Wellington, same as Central Coast, four points behind both of them. So if they don't win today against Newcastle, their season is over. Mm. Um, and it's a massive game for not just MacArthur, but the Sydney uh, well, Sydney New South mm. Wales clubs as well. Yeah, plenty of riding on that. Hey, Phil, before we get to Multi, can I ask you just quickly for a question without notice, an Asian Champions League update? Absolutely. Well, Melbourne City... Um, did what they had to do last night. They beat uh, United City um, and um, 3-0. They needed to win 5-0 to get automatic qualification through to the knockout stages, but they can still get through as one of the six uh, best second-place teams. I hope I've got the wording of that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll find that out this afternoon when, uh, or tonight, sorry, when the final games are played. But they've had a good tournament, Melbourne City, make no mistake. Um, they've scored goals, they've created lots of chances, they've won games, um, they've put themselves in a good position. They had the chance to go through automatically last night because there was a red card to United City. Jamie McLaren missed from the penalty spot that would have put them 3-0 up with about 15, 20 minutes to play and they needed to win 5-0. They lost that chance, they won 3-0, but I think they'll get through tonight because they're relying on a J-League yeah. team. Uh, this will Kobe to get a result, which I think they'll get. No, fantastic. Hey, Phil, uh, where are we going for your multi this weekend? Well, let's go to Sydney, the western uh, suburbs of Sydney, and then we'll go over to the EPL race. So we're going to go with MacArthur to beat Newcastle. I think there's so much on the line there. Ante Milicic uh, announced during the week he's leaving at the end of the season, so I think MacArthur will get the result. And then I think Chelsea will uh, drive another nail in Everton's coffin. Uh, they'll get the result there. Spurs to beat Leicester at home and Arsenal to beat West Ham away. Terrific. Yeah, you've been on fire, you multi. Hey, Phil, as always, really appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning about the world of football. We'll talk next week. Enjoy the sunny Sunday, boys. Oh, Take care. Isn't it cold? Thanks, yeah, thanks so much, Mossy. Dina, we've got the news coming up. But for our Queensland listeners, some breaking news. Yeah, the Queensland listeners will be interested to know that David Fafita, news just filtering through now, will miss up to a month with a knee injury. Uh, a grade two medial, which would put him in doubt for Origin 1. Big yeah, news exactly. up there at Big the news, Titans. Yeah. And for our Queensland listeners about to go to Pass the Post, but for everybody else, here comes the 9 o'clock news.
Hello, I'm Sarah Wombe. The federal opposition is launching a $300 million housing policy as it aims to reset its election campaign. 10,000 home buyers each year will be able to apply for a special scheme where an incoming Labor government would take a 40% stake. The prospective buyer would have to show it can service the rest of the loan and wouldn't be required to pay rent on the government's portion. The coalition is promising to force tech companies to improve parental controls on smartphones and tablets if it's re-elected. Manufacturers would be given 12 months to make privacy settings, website blockers and filters more accessible. Max Chandler-Mather is running for the Greens in Griffith, located on Brisbane's south side, and the party says it's one of their best chances to win. He's up against Shadow Environment and Water Minister Terry Butler in Kevin Rudd's old seat. He spoke to Air News reporter Shannon Morris. If you win, this means there'll be Greens representation in all three levels of government across parts of your electorate. What does this mean for residents? Griffith is the most winnable seat for the Greens in the country, actually, outside of Melbourne. We only need a three and a half percent swing to win. And I think that's happening because of our massive grassroots campaign. We're just knocking on tens of thousands of doors and having one-on-one conversations with people about everything from dental into Medicare to people just being fed up with the political system and appreciative of the fact that we've just gone to their door and asked them what their issues are. Should voters be worried about voting Green? I've lost count of the number of conversations I've had with people who told me they'll be voting Greens for the first time. To give you one practical example, this just happened. A a lovely 85-year-old woman just called in who lives in public housing uh, in Carina Heights. And she called in and said, Max, I received your letter and our letter's just outlining our policy platform. And she said, I'll be voting Greens for the first time because you were the only one that bothered to reach out and lay out exactly what your policy platform was. I think other ways we've won a lot of voters for the first time is because they're so often I'm told when I knock on someone's door, you're the first person from a political party that's ever knocked on my door in my life. And sometimes they'll lived in the electorate for 40 to 50 years. If there's a hung parliament, would you side with the coalition? We've made it very clear that I don't think Australia can afford another three years of Morrison. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're particularly uh, impressed by Labor. It's just that we just don't want to see another three years of a Morrison government. So we would only work with Labor. But I want to, I suppose, be very clear. We would, uh, it wouldn't be in a coalition-style agreement because we would never want to vote for all the things that Labor support. The 1st of May marks the start of Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. It's the most common life-threatening genetic condition in Australia. Also in news, Australia's Civil Aviation Safety Authority has given the green light for pets to travel in airline cabins. And today is National Banana Day. Aussies love their bananas. Latest figures showing more than 6.5 million households buy them every month. A new variety is being launched, the karaoke banana. Grower Paul Inderbitson says it's easy to sing along. If you've got Spotify, then you jump on there and you search for the karaoke banana playlist and then you'll get stuff like Gwen Stefani's banana song B-A-N-A-N-A-S and you got Coldplay's Yellow yeah just to name a few This is Air News 
There was a surprise win in the NRL in Darwin. Terry Daniel has yesterday's results. The Parramatta Eels have suffered a thumping at the hands of the North Queensland Cowboys, going down 35 points to four in Darwin. While the Bulldogs have upset the Roosters with a 16-12 victory at Sydney Olympic Park after a late no-try call. Canterbury coach Trent Barrett says it's a much-needed win for the club. Over the moon for the players. Um, and uh, Some of them had pretty rough weeks. and Tomo hasn't trained all week and played and the cap with COVID and Billy, the school teacher, is back in and he's over the moon. So it was a great win. In the other match, the Warriors bounced back from last week's horror loss to the Storm to beat the Raiders 21-20. Terry Daniel, Air Sport. In the AFL, Carlton has delivered a consistent game to post a 50-point win over North Melbourne. The Blues' Sam Walsh says they stuck to the plan and played the match their way. I think the main positive was we played how we wanted to the whole night. Even when they come at us in that second and they got a few quick goals, I think we stuck to what we wanted to do. I think we were able to capitalise when we went inside 50, which always helps. Melbourne beat Hawthorne 91-81. to GWS, Fremantle and Port Adelaide also posted wins. The Super Rugby wins to the Rebels, Highlanders and Waratahs and wins to the Central Coast and Adelaide in the A-League. Perth Glory and Western Sydney drew one all. Australian Independent Radio News. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Join champion thoroughbreds in racing a quality New Zealand bred time test colt with Group 1 winning trainer John O'Shea. Time test broke the track record over 2,000 metres at Royal Ascot with his lightning turn of foot. Time test has hit the front and kicks on. Time test has bolted up. From the family of multiple Group 1 winner Kermadec. Shares from just $5,500 for 5%, including all expenses until June 30, 2022. Visit championthoroughbreds.com.au. AFSL 334760. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Reducing harmful engine deposits to take you further starts with mobile quality fuel at 7-Eleven. Claims are compared to unadvertised fuel and benefits may vary. See 7-Eleven.com.au for T's and C's. A breakdown in Warunga coming off the M1 onto the Pacific Highway. That's in the left southbound lane. And a landslip through the mountains. That's affecting traffic in Katoomba with the Great Western Highway down a westbound lane between Explorers Road and Foy Avenue. Enjoy a more flexible routine at Fitness First. For a limited time only, go month to month or pay per visit. Join now, get your first four weeks free. Visit fitnessfirst.com.au. I'm Tim Gover's number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. And we'll start with Sydney. Possible shower heading for a top of 22 degrees, but I'm pleased to say there's plenty of sunshine at last in Sydney. Melbourne, partly cloudy and 20 degrees. Brisbane, a shower or two heading for a top of 24. Perth is sunny and 25 degrees. Adelaide, partly cloudy, 21. Hobart, cloudy and 19. Lovely day in Darwin, mostly sunny and 35 degrees. Canberra, Cool start to the day, heading for a top, though, of 18 in the nation's capital. As Coruscant goes to Cleary, and now kick out of the offload, back to Cleary. Cleary to K. 
It's Quall! And it is Quall! Gadamski's done it! And the Mariners lead! This We're headed to Game 3, and the Cinderella story has one more chapter to be written. Threatening to break 30. Drink water. Audacious. Look at the chase. It's a try. It's drink water. It's scintillating. North Queensland have slaughtered the Parramatta Reels 35 to 4. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Final hour coming up very shortly. We'll talk to Tim Sheens, the head of football at the West Tigers. They've become everybody's second favourite side, Dino, with two one-point wins in successive weeks. Huge game for the Tigers later on today. They take on the Dragons at 4.05pm. The earlier game, also a crucial game for the Knights, up against the rampant storm at 2pm. Tanya will be on a little bit later with a sports update and Phil Buzz Rothfield will join us as always on a Sunday morning with all the latest league and sports news and we'd love to hear your thoughts on 135353 SMS 0419 Anything to do with sport um, but our talk topic just as a reminder today is falls from grace. Sporting icons who have Rock bottom and Boris Becker, of course, with finance fraud, has found himself in jail in Europe. Dino, good morning. Yeah, good morning to you and good morning to everybody once again, Ray. Talk topic, no name on this one, the 2002 Bulldog side for losing points and a potential premiership due to a salary cap scandal. Yes, I remember it well, Ray. They got deducted all their points. I think they were fined about $500,000, which, of course, was a king's ransom back in those days. That was the year they won. Was it 16 straight? Correct. Yeah. And the Roosters ended up winning the comp legally, and the Bulldogs obviously got pushed from first back to last. Wayne texts in, too, just reaffirming the quiz score, 7-6, Ray, but then says... Robbie Dolan sang magnificently on The Voice. It was magic. Yeah, it it cert- certainly was. It certainly was. And I tell you what has been magic, has been the West Tigers the last two weeks, winning by a field goal. Great to see the club turn around. They've got a huge game this afternoon against the Dragons, who are also coming off a big win over the Roosters on Anzac Day. And the head of football at the Tigers, Tim Sheens, has been good enough to join us on a Sunday morning. Tim, good morning. Morning, Ray. Thanks for joining us, Tim. And been great scenes the last two weeks. And I know Michael Maguire was often fronting at those press conferences and saying we're seeing things at training, we're seeing signs of the club turning around. Can I take ask your perspective and on what it's been that's turned the Tigers around? I think it's just um, <clears throat> yeah, we we managed to win first. Yeah, you know, we the Parramatta game. Uh, uh, some changes were made, obviously, and that you know, energise the team somewhat and challenge them. Um, they came out, whether or not Parramatta were, we ambushed Parramatta somewhat that day, I don't know, but um, we always take the wins because you've copped the losses over the years as well. But, um, yeah, there's just that energy. It's like Canterbury last night, you know. Uh, Gus came out and energised them, didn't he, during yeah. the week. Um, and they came out with that, you know, that, 80-minute effort, and it's the effort that makes the difference. And um, and I think that over the two weeks for us has been, although we'd like to win by a little bit more, you know, 
the uh, fingernails are getting shorter and shorter. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, you know, a win's a win. We, uh, you know, we got beat by a goalpost at, uh, at Titans uh, right. a few weeks earlier. So, <clears throat> you know, those things come and go sometimes. So fortunately for us, we've had a couple of good results. Tim, the two wins, I guess you could argue it's a, uh, you know, they've been victories for perseverance. Mm. You, you, you're stuck together. Yeah. Mm. You, 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 no one broke ranks. You're stuck with Madge. And I, I guess in the end, you know, it's not been luck. It's been through perseverance yeah, and persistence. Yeah. Exactly, Dean. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah they're, at a, they're at us, um, you know, in um, after round two. And, uh, and I made the comment that it was round two, not round 22. So, you know, that I was behind uh, the team and the coaching staff, and um, and that's the way you've got to be, mate. That's that's the role, you know. Everybody's got to stick together. I mean, halfway through our five, if we go back to that that year, um, we were running eleventh. Mm. So you, you know, we the premiership. Yeah, that's so. right. So you know, uh, in '89, <laughs> before after round six, uh, the board met to sack Tim Sheens, and we went on to win the premiership. So mm. you know, you're going. You don't. Um, if you persevere, sometimes it surprises you. Yeah, it's it's such a telling point, isn't it? In rugby league, you just never know what's around the corner. But uh, Tim, obviously, you've given a couple of examples. So, how do you deal with those tough times? And I know there's rhetoric about working hard and staying together as a team. But do you try and tell your players that don't read the press or read the press, that see what people are talking about? How, how do you handle those situations, Tim? Look, it is it is the rhetoric or not, it is hard work. It, yeah. It's about getting back on the horse um, and uh, whether you win or lose, you've got to continue to you know, prepare every week. And uh, usually look after a loss, the guys are ready to play two days later. You know, I mean, it's embarrassing. They really want to get out there after a series of losses. So it starts to wear you thin. So, you know, that, um, that spark that was needed, I think uh, certainly was the uh, changing. Uh, it wasn't just Brooks and, and Jackson changed. Uh, he dropped, uh, Kenny Mamalo and uh, Ollie Gildar, um, you know, they've subsequently come back into the team over a period of weeks. But he, he, he put a shock through the side. You know, we've got to do something, lad. So uh, Jackson coming back, obviously, after three weeks, um, sometimes changes of fortune come with also better yeah, key players coming back. He'd had three weeks off for a spear tackle. Um, and possibly, you know, Warriors was very close and the... Um, Gold Coast, maybe we've won them if Jackson's playing. But uh, in saying that, um, uh, he didn't. But he's come back, so that was also another spark um, in the group, I think. Mm. And, um, yeah, the forwards played very well. The energy was there for the 80 minutes, and I think that was was always the effort, and it's always going to be an effort, uh, wins your games, because from a, my perspective and from the board and so on, all, all we want to see is, uh, and I think the fans are the same, they want to see effort, um, Get beat, but you. Well, I always say you can lose a game, but don't get beat. Mm. And um, and I think that's what people want to see. Shunzi, um, you touched on Jackson Hastings; he's been a revelation. But gee, I've been impressed with the way Luke Brooks has handled it all. I mean, you know, he could have sulked. He handled it with class. He's moved on. He's now enjoying his new role. But I thought he could have taken it the wrong way. But clearly, he's taken it the right way. And I think he should be applauded for how he's handled the entire situation. Yeah, well, he's a Tigers junior, and um, you know he's come through the system. Um, you know, we had a spine organised around him with Mitchell Moses and Tedesco, and they all left the club. 
uh, the kid stayed and he's shown loyalty to the club. So, um, and we're showing loyalty to him. But, uh, you know, you have your ups and downs. I mean, it was only in 18 that he was halfback of the year, Dalian halfback of the year. So, you know, you don't lose that ability. Um, even though you get a couple of years older, you don't lose that ability. So it was just a matter of, um, you know, it's getting the mix right for him and, uh, um, and, basically having confidence in him and uh, which, as you know, I, I would like to hope uh, has um, re-sparked him for us. Mm. Yeah, it certainly, certainly is working, that's for sure. And and Jackson Hastings, I think, almost personifies the, the mantra that Michael Maguire has been talking about for weeks and probably people weren't prepared to listen to him and that's about the team ethos and by that I mean I, I was listening to Jackson Hastings being interviewed after the Parramatta game when he kicked the winning field goal and got the man of the match and all the plaudits and he kept deflecting he kept deflecting to his teammates he kept deflecting to these coaching staff that is that the message that you're trying to instill in the players you you might not have the collection of superstars of some of the top sides but a football team that plays as a team they're always going to be hard to beat. That that's very true. That's very true. A team, um, you know, a team of um, champions sometimes doesn't always work either. You know, so it is it is team mentality, and there's no doubt that that's what he's being pushed. And and Jacko is a great PR person as he is, is pushing that as well. Um, although I'd like to see him stop the 45-metre attempt at field goals <laughs> um, and giving the opposition uh, seven tackles uh, with five minutes to go on the clock. So, um, you know, that, uh, we, we probably, you know, were lucky against South. You know, that was, that was poor management and he, and he knows it. Yep. But, um, you know, it wasn't through lack of effort. And, uh, but I've been, I've been pleased with uh, the forwards in particular too. And, I mean, this isn't really my area to be commenting about to any great degree, guys, because um, you know, I'm not coaching the side. Mm. But you know, overall, um, you know, when I'm in, involved with football, with, as I am with this club, it's about everybody putting in an effort, and doing the right thing. Um, you know, being a good person, you know, doing the right things is, is so important. You know, in my opinion, you know, attitude, uh, talent plus the attitude is where where you take. You know, a group of men can go a long way. Yeah. Sheenzy, we're a fickle mob in rugby league, and I put myself in that category as being part of the media. A couple of weeks ago, we were all baying for blood, but now <laughs> it seems like the West Tigers have become everyone's second favourite side. Well, we we are a popular side, I have to say that, one way or another, because uh, I believe the NRL were very happy with our the figures on uh, Easter Monday and um, our first game of the season against Melbourne and so on, so... That's great to see. Uh, however, um, you know we can be five way, five games away from a disaster again too. Yeah, Dean, so yeah. uh, you guys, you guys aren't finished with us yet. I don't think. <laughs> so, uh, but you we're know, always yeah. prowling on the edges, Shinji. <laughs> Looking for a story. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. But uh, we'll we'll be doing our best to uh, keep our heads up and uh, and bringing you know results. You. you yeah, no one's expecting anyone to win every game for the rest of the season, but we've certainly, with a poor start, we need we need to keep winning mm. if we're any chance of, um, you know, as we get around round 10 and 12, you know, if you're not in double figures, it's not easy to make the top eight. So yeah, it's hard to we've, make got to keep, we've got to keep our uh, heads down. Yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. Now, massive game today against the Dragons. That's a 4.05 p.m. game. Um, Tim, yesterday I bumped into one of your old teammates, uh, Roycey Simmons. He was out at the Hawkesbury standalone meeting and he was the guest of the club there. He backed the winner of the first race, so he was in a buoyant mood. Of course, um, Roycey's got a few um, health issues that he's got to yeah. Uh, yeah. confront in in months and years to come, but he's about to embark on a what they call Royce's big walk from Goolagong to Penrith from May 17 to May 27 to raise money for dementia. He was in terrific form yesterday. We're talking about some of the old Penrith Panthers days, and um, uh, you've been through many clubs in your long and distinguished career, which goes right back to 1970, where it all started, Timmy, at the Penrith Panthers. That's right. Yeah, a long time ago. Um <laughs> Every birthday, I, I, I'm reminded of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I went to, um, I was at a function <clears throat> with Royce the other day on uh, Friday, actually, at uh, Samaria's Leaks Company. They did a great job there, too, for him. He's, he's really he's really getting stuck into raising the funds, as, as Royce, he's that sort of guy. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I've... Um, I worry about him, obviously, because he is really stressing himself out over making this sort of these funds. So I'll be pleased when uh, when the um, the year is is gone and he's got that behind him. Uh, Penrith and uh, and Tigers are going to run a um, a trophy every year for him as well, starting this year, and uh, yeah. it'll be their game at our place um, at Tigers. Penrith next year, um, that'll continue to help raise and money each year for the uh, for his foundation. So, but um, yeah, you know, so I'm um, and of course he's got me um, my leg of the uh, of the walk mm-hmm. up the back of the up the back of the Blue Mountain. He's roped so, you in, has uh, he? He's roped you in. The, the truck, toughest leg. The, truck, <laughs> the trucks go up and and down in first gear. So. Oh, uh, dear. I'll uh, I'll probably able to get on one because I'll be in first gear going up that hill. <laughs> hey, Sheen, in all the teams that you've coached and played, Penrith and Canberra, you know, Cowboys, New South Wales, Australia, who's the funniest bloke you've coached? Who's the greatest comedian you've come across in rugby league? Uh, Boxhead? Well, Royce? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Royce, Royce, he's got a dry humour. Boxhead, Stevie Walters was... Uh, was definitely one of the comics in the place. Uh, Fitz Henry at, at um, Tigers at Tigers was a pest and a, <laughs> and a bit of a comedian. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like trying to t- ask me, Dean, <laughs> what is your favourite player? Don't, everyone asks me that, and I answer the same. You know, there's no way I can come up with any one in particular. But uh, they're just I've just been. In my career, I've been very lucky to have been working with some great players. You know, that Australian side for the World Cup in 13, uh, you know, what a you know, talented group. Mm. But in Clubland, you know, I've had some great, some great um, uh, characters uh, that I've coached. And I and I love personality, so I don't, I don't, unless it's, um, you know, a, uh, a stupid personality. But overall, you know, you, you need those sorts of guys. And mm. uh, whether they're comedians or just, um, you know, uh, Stick frogs, yeah. stick frogs in in their in your bag like we used to years ago with Mike Stevenson. He hated <laughs> frogs and the Penrith boys because as I knew that that's he had a frog in his bag every night. Those <laughs> green frogs, he hated them. Yeah. yeah so, uh, what well, one thing you have done, Tim, um, as a coach, you've and rather than ask you who the best player you've coached because you've obviously it's an unfair question, but you've coached some incredibly gifted players. And I'm thinking back to when you were first a coach at Penrith and a young 
Greg Brandy Alexander was coming through and you rode on the back almost this young halfback to make the finals for the first time. Then you switched to Canberra where, boy, you unearthed some legends of the game to this day. And then you went to the West Tigers and a young Benji Marshall emerged. That must be the exciting thing as a coach when you can see a talent, you can identify that talent and you can nurture that player to become the best player he can be. Well, you do your best. Um, yeah, uh, I have been very fortunate to, you know, and you need a, a little bit of luck in those things, but, um, you know, to, uh, and you need some talent as in you've got to get off your backside, which is where I'm going now down to watch your under 20s before we go to the first grade. You've got to put in the miles, you've got to put in the hours to um, to find the talent, you know, the Nindrukus of this world, you know, playing the back of Fiji somewhere, you know, they, these things you've got to work hard at. Uh, you get your failures, but the but the yeah, there's no doubt there's some huge successes mm-hmm. there, and uh, and that the talent was already there. You know, I didn't I didn't create the talent. All I did was was just tame it down a bit sometimes, and um, and put it in the system. So um, it's it's been a blessing for me to be able to work with those guys. Um, you know, um, and um, you know, they're, they're memories that you have forever. They're friendships you have forever. And uh, even the ones I dropped are still occasionally tell me that they're not that, that unhappy with me these days. <laughs> the wives may, the wives may um, uh, run over me, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, you've got, to, you've got to put up with the that. The good and the bad. Yeah. The good and the bad, that's right. Hey, you the bloke that six, sits in this very seat Monday to Friday. You coached him. His name's Daly. He's got a big nose. Mm-hmm. Did he misbehave? Did he train? Give us an insight into L. Daly's career. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I'm not going to give up on Laurie because he's got too much on me. <laughs> That's uh, a good answer. Yeah, don't worry about that. So, and he'd tell you so. So, uh, Loz was the one who got me the job at the Tigers. Uh, Benny, uh, I've got a, I got a million stories on Loz, but um, and, and one of the most un, underrated, in my opinion, although everyone's still, you know, not stupid, they they still don't rate Laurie. But I think Laurie Laurie didn't get anywhere near the credit that, that um and there's been some fantastic number sixes play the game over the years. But uh Laurie Laurie is is as good as anything I've ever coached. So um but um you know he's a uh he had he had plenty of larrikin in him, uh and plenty of country boy. Um one of the stories I'll tell you quickly, he come to Sydney when he was very young uh, and he was with a bunch of guys, um, took, taking him around, and he looked up and he said, is that the Harbour Bridge? <laughs> now, what else would it be? You know, like, <laughs> You've given Dino's ammunition now, uh, Hey, Sheen's here. <laughs> can't take the junior out of some people. <laughs> so, uh, no, he was as naive as they come. Never going to live in Sydney. No, no, don't like it, don't like it. And now... Uh, now he, he yeah, runs the place. Yeah, uh, God, he runs the place down there, doesn't he? Did, no, he, uh, he spoke to Benny Elias. Benny Elias rang him and said, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I'd change you'd be the man for the job. So, yeah, uh, that that uh, I'll always be grateful for. Mm. Um, Royce got me into coaching. I ended up coaching Penrith in 84 because Royce recommended me to Roger Cowan. So, right, yeah, yeah um, those sorts of things come back to help you uh, too, really. And I'll, I'll owe those guys forever. Yeah, no, a lot of great memories for me personally. Sitting on that Penrith Hill through the seventies, watching you play, and then coaching that Panthers team, which went to the finals. It was 
great stuff and you've still got a terrific imprint on the game to this day, Tim. Tim, I know it's a massive game for you this afternoon uh, against the Dragons and you've got appointments to go to with our under-20s team. Thanks so much for joining us on a Sunday morning. It's been a pleasure. No no problem at all. Absolute pleasure and best luck for the rest of the season, Tim. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Sheensy. Thank you. Tim Sheen's the head of football at the West Tigers and, uh, geez, had a a storied career way back to 1970 when he laced on the boots at Penrith Panthers, do you know? You think of that side he, he put together down there in Canberra. Mm. I spoke to Sheensy off air during the week, and I reckon, Ray, you could conceivably name five players in that side who would go down as all-time greats. Lazarus, Clyde. Walters, Clyde, Daly, Daly Stewart, Stewart, Meninga. Six. Six. Yeah. Half the run on side, you could, what a team you could he had. categorise yeah. as being all-time legends. Yeah, what a great team he had. And great to talk to Tim Sheens. Um, before we go to a break, though, Robbo's been waiting patiently. Robbo, good morning. Good morning. I can tell you a quick story about Timmy Sheens, how he bashed us up one day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we had a trial game this way back in Seagrave. This is down in Manly. I was playing for brothers. We played the Narrowbeard Sharks. Anyway, they had a makeshift side. They give us a hiding in this trial. And yeah. our coach at the time was a ex Newtown player called Gary Collis. And he, he lined us up. He said, get down to uh, District Park 9 o'clock on Sunday morning with your boots and gear. So we all turned up. And there was Tim Sheens, uh, another couple of reprehensibles uh, who opposed <laughs> us in a full-on game. They were short, but, uh, of course, and they were also the referees. <laughs> so you had no chance otherwise. <laughs> well, we... We got the biggest hidings of our life. I mean, if, if those were the days where if you looked away, you know, the mm. bloke would give you a clip on the ear as quick as looking. And there was, I can tell you now, there was plenty of claret on that field yeah. and it was a training run. Well, Tim was Tim was sort of old-fashioned prop, wasn't he? He, used to, he was a hard head. A hard man, but terrific um, player to gain metres for his side, get him going forward. And I wasn't surprised. He, he was an intelligent player, if that makes sense, Dino, because um, he knew his game, knew what he had to do. And I'm not surprised that he then transferred that into the coaching ranks and has had so much success as a coach. You think that he won three titles at Canberra, mm. went to the Cowboys, didn't work out incredibly well, and many thought his career was over, but he reinvented himself. Mm. He goes back to the Tigers. As their second or third choice, Ray, to be fair, and Sheensy yep. admits that, they went mm-hmm. for Craig Bellamy first. He didn't care about that. He's one Within one two chance. years, mm-hmm. they were the premiers. Exactly. And, and they success played, in England too. He did. Yeah. And they played that exciting style. They revolutionised oh, the game yeah. back then from defensive orientated into attack yeah. and they pinned the ball around with the young Benji and every young Scotty kid Prince, Benji, yeah. Hodson. It was a wonderful yeah. era for the Tigers. Yeah, every young kid back when my son was a little boy, he just wanted to be Benji Marshall. He was just, um, he was electric to watch. We better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Racing HQ. Monday. Hunter's Postmortem. On the pace. And Monday's Experts. Tuesday. Richard Callender. And Going Greyhounds. Wednesday. Matt Jones. Nathan Exelby. And the Sydney Metro Preview. Thursday. Chris Roots. And Jock Gologly. Friday. Ray Thomas. Shane O'Cass. The Putters Panel. And Finding Winners. Plus the Whip Around. Every morning. Start your race day with Dave Stanley and Racing HQ. For everything that's good about racing. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in! While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. 
Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, me. 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Sky Sports Radio, number one in racing. Heard throughout the state, including Burke, 96.1 FM. Finlay, 87.6 FM. Kalkan, 92.5 FM. And Broken Hill, 100.5 FM. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. North Queensland has jumped into third spot on the NRL ladder, leapfrogging Parramatta after flogging the Eels 35-4 in last night's match in Darwin. Cowboys winger Kyle Felt scored a hat-trick of tries and Chad Townsend celebrated his 200th NRL game. Canterbury beat the Roosters 16-12. Coach Trent Barrett just simply said, we needed it. And in the early game, the Warriors had a 21-20 win over Canberra, come about from a Sean Johnson field goal in Golden Point. Today, Newcastle play Melbourne at 2, St George Illawarra and the West Tigers at 4.05. In junior rep, grand final results yesterday in SG Ball. Penrith 22 beat the Roosters 20. Harold Matthews, Western Suburbs Magpies 42, beat Cronulla 16 in Antarctica Gale Cup. It was the Indigenous Academy Sydney Roosters 12, beat Newcastle 10. The John O'Shea-trained Kerwins Lane enhanced his reputation as a classy miler with a tough win in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup at the Hawkesbury standalone meeting yesterday. While the team Hawks-trained Mr Mozart will be aimed at the $8 million Golden Eagle next spring, continuing his winning form with victory in the Hawkesbury Guineas. Meantime, Corobus beats stablemate and the favourite, Native Trail, to win the 2,000 Guineas at Newmarket overnight, the first classic of the flat racing season. A massive upset in Super Rugby Pacific with the Waratahs defeating the Crusaders in the match at Leichhardt Oval. The Tars went to a 17-0 lead at half-time and held on to win 24-21 in front of nearly 10,500 fans. The Highlanders 27 beat Fiji and Drew at 24 and Rebels 26, Moana Pacifica 22. Carlton continued its good start to the AFL season with its fifth win, defeating North Melbourne 114 to 64. Melbourne 91 beat Hawthorne 81. A big win for GWS 113 to Adelaide's 54. And a low-scoring match, Port Adelaide 43 beating St Kilda 42. Shane Van Gisbergen won the 46-lap first race at the Perth Supernight meet in supercars last night. His first win at the track and the first race in Western Australia since 2019. Two further races to be contested today. A goal in the final minutes from teenager Garan Qual gave the Central Coast a 1-0 win over Western United in A-League last night. Perth and the Wanderers drew one all and it was Adelaide United 2 over Brisbane nil. In Super Netball, the Queensland Firebirds maintained fourth spot after a convincing 13-point win over the Swifts, 73-60. West Coast Fever continue to show they are the team to beat, holding top spot on the table with a 60-51 win over Adelaide. 
Manchester City back on top of the EPL table after a 4-0 win over Leeds at Ellen Road. City needed the win as earlier Liverpool had a 1-0 away win over Newcastle and reached the top of the table for a short time. In other matches, Aston Villa 2, Norwich 0. Sadly for the Canaries, that loss confirms their relegation. Southampton 1, Crystal Palace 2, Watford 1, Burnley 2, Wolves 0, Brighton 3. And boys, it was did happen about two days mm. ago, but Sam Kerr was named English Football's Women's Player of the Year. Uh, Chelsea manager Emma Hayes said no one comes close to matching her in she, the league. She's amazing. She's amazing. She, yeah. That was a, a poll from by the Football Writers Association. They also selected Mo Salah as the Men's Footballer of the Year. So you could say Sam's keeping good company, but mm. I'd say Mo's keeping good company. Uh, I like being I like named that. in the yeah. in that with Sam. Mm. Now, the NBL semi-final series between Melbourne United and the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers went to a third game last night when the Jack Jumpers levelled the three-match series at one all with a thrilling 79-72 win. The, um, the, the Jack Jumpers coach, Scott Roth, who on mm-hmm. Wednesday was named the NBL Coach of the Year, was really emotional after the game, holding back tears in the after-match interview, saying that he's so proud of his team, who were just one win away from a fairy tale grand final series appearance in their maiden season. Their debut season. It's, it's incredible. There's a yeah. talk topic there. You know, yeah. teams oh. in their maiden seasons or, you know, early in the, have gone on to great Good things. Talk topic. So yeah. the decider is on Monday. Mm-hmm. So we'll look forward to that. Well, today... Massive game at Kudos Bank Arena. The Kings can go through to the grand final series with a win against the Hawks. That match at 3 o'clock after they won the game um, on Friday night mm. down in Wollongong. Big win there. That was a... Yeah. <laughs> you on the edge of your It was nail-biting. It was yeah. nail-biting. Now, last Sunday when we were there... The match was um, it was not a semi final. It was just the last match of the of the relegations mm-hmm. of the regular season, um, and it would determine second and third, which gave the Hawks home ground advantage because they actually won the game. So just because it's at Sydney, it's not a you know it's not a fait accompli. Yeah. No, not at all. But a win there will put them into the grand final series. Twelve and a half thousand there last Sunday. It was it's amazing. Great, yeah. So hopefully we, they can get a a, a massive crowd mm. there today. Much needed. Um, but the Lots of talk during the week about um, the performance uh, in of Nick Kyrgios. Oh, I was going to bring this up with you. So keep in going the um, yeah. in the charity um, game. the charity mm. game, um, Steve Carfino said he pretty much carried on like like a, a twit. I thought he was fabulous. Exact opposite. He wasn't was the exact he? opposite. I mean, not a fan of some of his antics, and wouldn't know him from Bar of Soap, uh, Nick Kyrgios. But he was without yeah. doubt the biggest name there, yeah. and that's why Ben Fordham kept him on the court for the whole game because that's. You know, most and of the people were there to see him. Racing because parlance, he was like a Group One horse racing in a Broken Hill Maiden. That's right. So he what's he supposed that much to do? Better than the rest of his yeah. opponents. And, and he, but he 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 gave the young kids an opportunity. That's right. There were yeah, a couple great. of starlight kids on the court. He would mm. throw the ball too, and and everyone knows his love for basketball. Yeah. Um, and so we were all expecting him to show us what he could actually do. And, and Which he, was, he did. And he played to the crowd. He was fantastic. He was good. He, he was, was really, really good. good. And helped raise a lot of money for the Starlight Foundation. So to Ben Fordham and all those people who were involved with that, congratulations. And no doubt having Nick Kyrgios there on court, Tan, that created a whole it different extra focus a, a on, massive that, light on that on game. It. Yeah, yeah, that charity was. raising event. Yeah, and yeah. and the, the Premier wasn't too bad either, Dino. Yeah. I had Dominic two sticks for legs. <laughs> Pretty white and lily. But, <laughs> but he's tall and he... Yeah. He had a crack. He, and he, he goes did. Okay, and he took it just a serious... 
serious as Nick Kyrgios, yeah. I think, actually. Yeah. What about my co-host, Jimmy Smith? He kept shoulder-charging people one after the other. He did. <laughs> he was in the wrong game. But we didn't recognise him at first because he came on with this massive wig. The John McEnroe. And the, and the headband. headband. <laughs> he <laughs> thought he was John McEnroe. No one else did. But he anyway, he did no, well. it was good. Well, what the Kings this afternoon, Ten. Go those Kings. Go the Kings. Yeah. Thanks, Tan. That's Tan with a sports update. Plenty of people want to have their say on the SMSs, Dino. Yeah, no name on this one. Just signed off with Go Tigers. Tim Sheens is a legend. You could see the side he was mustering back then. Prince, Hodgson, Moody, Richards to compliment Benji and Farrah. Heinington, Peyton, Workhorses. That's why I'm optimistic about the Tigers' future. And West's SG ball side mm. is just the tip of the iceberg. So very, very impressive as always, Tim Sheens. And Rooster Man, Ray, yeah. Bulldog, big news. Kylie and Jason will be back for the last episode of Neighbours. Surely that will skew you back over Summer Bay. Rooster Man, Nothing. I won't go back. Were you a Neighbours man once? I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was many, many moons ago. So when did, when did you... Did Rooster you, Man, I can't leave Alf. Did you convert to Summer Bay or, or was it just a gradual... That was just a gradual... Just a thing. gradual. I don't yeah. watch a lot of soap, to be truthful, Ray, but it's 7 o'clock every night. You don't miss some of it, do you? You know, the phone goes off. I oh, know you, t- you won't answer anything. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, don't you know Ray, what time it is? <laughs> Ray will often ring, don't you know? What do I say? <laughs> I say, Ray, do you know what time it is? And I hang up straight away, I realise. And then I ring you back in the ad breaks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've been watching that for a long time, Dean. Oh, it's close to my heart, Ray. One day I'll get on there. Oh. Don't promise. I'll, I'll let you down there. You have. Yeah. You have. And let you down there. We better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Punters post mortem with Ron Duffersey. We all know he broke the rules, but I've always said it. You get this inside bias uh, where there's two lanes up the inside and it causes more drama than anything in racing. Dean Lester. What's the worst look? The way Nash rode the race in the Queen Elizabeth and excessive whip use or having to virtually force a run in that race on Saturday. What's the worst look? I know what I think. I thought Saturday was a horrible look. Punters post mortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Matty Johns here. At Skills Certified, that's exactly what we do. We help you get your skills certified. What does that mean? Well, all those years of blood, sweat and tears you put into your work can finally be turned into a qualification. How does it work? Our partner RTOs assess your skills, knowledge and experience and convert them into a nationally recognised qualification through recognition of prior learning. Get recognised for all those years of work. Take the free skills check at skillscertified.com.au. Get your skills certified. You know the feeling when your mate's golf ball flies past yours? Or when you're on the green in regulation, but he holds it from the bunker? At Drummond Golf, we get it. That's why we have our lowest price guarantee. As Australia's biggest, you can count on our massive buying power for the lowest prices in golf. But if you do happen to find a lower advertised price, we'll beat it. The Drummond Golf lowest price guarantee. Unbeatable. Conditions apply. Join champion thoroughbreds in racing a quality New Zealand-bred time-test colt with Group 1 winning trainer John O'Shea. Time-test broke the track record over 2,000 metres at Royal Ascot with his lightning turn of foot. Time-test has hit the front and kicks on. Time-test has bolted up. From the family of multiple Group 1 winner Kermadec. Shares from just $5,500 for 5%, including all expenses until June 30, 2022. Visit championthoroughbreds.com.au. AFSL 334760. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, mm. which is rolled extra thin, and filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, I'm talking about Galo's pies, the only pies you should be putting 
on your plate. Garlow's pies are simply bursting with flavour. I'll get that out, Ray. Mm -hmm. And there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking and grab a Garlow's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for Garlow's pies by name. Garlow's pies. They're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. Gordon puts it in the touch. It's the dawn of a new era at the Waratahs. They have arrived. They have knocked over the 12-time champs at Leichhardt Oval. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The Tars beat Canterbury. Dawn of a new era? No, they did. Is that the dawn of a new era? Well, Might be a I'm little bit premature. So. I'm hoping it is. I haven't won... Uh, what a thing in years. Yeah, that was a big win over It was. Good luck, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to the mighty Waratahs. Our next guest, Phil Buzz Rothfield. He'll be right across all the issues in the NRL and sport. Buzz, good morning. Good morning, guys. Can I just say how much I enjoyed the Tim Sheens interview? He what speaks a, well, doesn't he? Oh, what a statesman of the game, Correct, guys. Yeah. Four premiership titles. And, you know, he's so different to Gus Gould. He's... So different to Wayne Bennett and people who have achieved similar. And, you know, he's 70 years of age and having 10 years in England, I was worried about him coming back and sort of being as connected as he possibly should be in NRL. But, you know, in the first five, six weeks, we're worried. But, my goodness, he's doing a good job and he's giving Mad some space out there. But he's planning for the future. And, you know, the good story, guys, they won Harold Matt's grand mm. final yesterday. Mm. And they say that Harold Matt's side is one of the best that we've seen for a long, long time. And Unbeaten, Buzz. Dozen... Sorry, mate? Unbeaten, right through the whole competition. Yeah, West Magpies. And now what Sheenzy's done since he's come back is very much like what Gus did at uh, Penrith. And he's put some terrific pathway plans in place and he's got people like Brett Kamali very, very heavily involved in that and... You know, if the West Tigers can hang in there with Madge for the rest of this year, maybe we're going to see some of these kids come through. And there's nothing to say this organisation can't be a power club down the track. We all want that, Buzz. People, West Tigers fans are very fickle at times and they criticise the media for questioning them or or, or scrutinising a loss. But I, for one, Buzz, I want the Tigers to be strong. They're a great club formed by two good old-fashioned Hardened Sydney mm. Foundations Club. We all want the Tigers to do well. Yeah, dog, do yourself a favour in the next few weeks, go out to Concord and have a look at their new high performance centre. You've been out there? I've written stories about it, but I haven't actually been there physically. I, I had a tour there just after Christmas. And I've been to the Broncos, I've been to Penrith, I've been to all of them, I've seen them over. This is up there with the best of them. It is. You know what they do? They've even got a barber shop in there. There you go. You know why? Because during COVID, they didn't want players, you know, going out and getting haircuts and running through, you know, shop Westfields and stuff. They've got everything there. Great kitchen, you know, and, you know, so the players are on the right diets, great dressing rooms. It's so professional and... Do you pay half price for your haircuts now, Buzz, given that receding hairline is coming into play? I'll tell you what I did, Bulldog. I had my usual monthly number two with Just Cuts Miranda the other day. What do they charge you? They offered me a senior's rate. (laughs) um, 
I, I got it for 23 bucks. 23 bucks. That's not bad. It's only a dollar a day. Oh, but hey? <laughs> hey, <Bart>. so, <laughs> we better. You obviously didn't produce the driver's license to show proof of age, but we won't go there. Hey, Buzz in, what's the buzz column? <laughs> um, really interesting story, this, and it attracted my attention. Paul Gallen's done a fantastic job keeping this quiet. He's been training and helping um, AFL superstar, and he is a absolute superstar in the AFL code. Dustin Martin, get his head right, I guess you could say, Buzz, get his fitness right, and to get back into the AFL because he's been battling his own personal issues. Can you fill us in on... This remarkable story, Buzz. Yeah, yeah. Just for all our rugby league uh, listeners, who who look, I think everyone knows Dusty Martin, but poor bugger lost his dad late last year in New Zealand. And um, to to give people an example of how good this fella is, he won three Norm Smith medals mm. for Richmond in grand finals, the equivalent of our Clive Churchill medals. But he lost his dad, and look, it broke him like it does any person who's you know, his age and losing a father so tragically. And um, so he took personal leave from Richmond about five weeks ago and moved to Sydney. And he's been living in Cronulla and and he heard about Paul Gallen and his gym and his training methods on the, the Wanda Sandhills. And another guy out here, Justin Lang, who's a fitness expert, Johnny Lang's son. And he linked up with, and yeah, he's been training his butt off and, he returned home to Richmond last week and um, they were really, really impressed with the shape that he was in because, look, when he left, there were doubts in Melbourne whether, you know, they'd mm. even seen the last of him. And So, look, it's, it's a really nice story how, how Gal's been an inspiration for him. And, but, and Dusty Martin loved Sydney and there's talk now, Ray, that... Mm. Um, Maybe the Swans or GWS Giants will be an option. Um, He's got a couple of years on his current contract to go, I think, Buzz. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, there's compassionate issues in there, Ray, in in any contract. And if he is struggling in the fishbowl of Melbourne and he wants to get up here to the Harbour City for a a nicer lifestyle, I think any footy club would consider that. But but, Buzz, uh, you think of um, a player like a Tony Lockett who was probably as big a mega stars yep. you get in the AFL. Buddy. Uh, Buddy Franklin's the same. They're both massive megastars. They moved to Sydney. Obviously, they got huge contracts, but that aspect of it really appealed to both men, particularly Tony Lockett, to get out of the fishbowl, which is uh, Melbourne and football down there. Yeah. Um, interesting, Buddy Franklin, once he finishes up the end of next year. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, you know, the, the Swans are going to have some space and some money to spend. It's a really interesting one, too, for the GWS Giants because they're sort of the perennial battlers and they haven't been able to fill seats or, or, or get people to watch their games on television. I've spoken to their CEO, Dave Matthews, their chairman, Tony Shepherd, and, and they're monitoring it very closely. Um, you, you know, you, you look at the success of rugby league in Sydney's West. Penrith played Parramatta this weekend. You know there is not a single seat yep. available for that game. It's yep. already sold out. Yep. And GWS have found it difficult to make a footprint in that area. I think Franklin would change that. I think rugby league fans or just general sports fans would go and watch them play just to see Dusty and and the remarkable skills of this guy. So I would love to see him play in Sydney. More importantly, I'd like to see his mental health, you know, in order and, and, and him being a much happier person as he moves on. Buzz, there's been plenty of speculation as to 
which two teams will play to open the new Sydney football stadium in your column this morning. You've had a, a dig around and it appears that you've nailed it. Who will it be? Well, Bulldog, um, the, the state government aren't ready to announce it and it'll come from Stuart Ayres' office, but I'm told it's a victory for Rugby League and the grudge match we love more than anything else. The Sydney Roosters versus South Sydney Rabbitohs, round 25, September 2, will open the stadium. Some very powerful figures in Rugby Union and their connections at state government level wanted to open it with the Wallabies versus Springboks test match. Football Federation Australia pitch for the Matildas against a super team like Brazil or one of the European powers. But uh, Rugby League have won the battle. It'll be announced soon. It'll be a fantastic night for Sydney sport, for Rugby League. Fans will walk in and they'll find grandstands named after legends from these clubs, Arthur Beetson and Ron Coote. And um, I think... Considering the Roosters' history there, I spoke to David Middleton during the week. The Roosters started in 1908 at the old Sydney showground, but from 1911 onwards, that site there where the new stadium is has been their home, and Mm. I think it's fitting that the Roosters do open the venue and what a game it'll be against their arch rivals. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Hey, Buzzy, in your column today, and this this is a tough one, uh, you're speaking about the future of of Wade Graham, who's been a, a wonderful club man and servant for the Sharks. Um, where, where's Wade Graham's career at, Buzz? Well, it's a difficult one to mm. even talk about because I don't like in any way, you know, casting doubts on the future of, you know, genuine good people and wonderful servants to the Cronulla Sharks and and, and great origin player. And uh, But look, Wade Graham is now 31 years of age. He's a bit like at Canberra with Jared Croker and Josh Jackson at, at the uh, at the Bulldogs. And you know, the, the Sharks have a salary cap uh, difficulties. They've got to upgrade Talakai, and you know they, they've got to look at their roster long term. And Wade is on big dollars. He's off contract this year. He's on nearly 800k, and he's struggled with head injuries and. Um, um, he, he came back against the Broncos off the bench the other night. Disappointing performance. But, Doggy, you'd probably agree it is going to be difficult uh, for Wade or for the club to be able to justify a contract anywhere near the cash he's on. It's always difficult, isn't it, Buzz, when you get a club legend who you know, is getting toward the end of his career. I'm sure Wade would admit that himself. He's had, as you said, some uh, concussion issues and... It's a very tough call, and it's got to be handled very, very sensitively and very yeah. delicately. But you know, if there is a man to do that, I think Craig Fitzgibbon would do it very, very well. Yeah, dog and Ray, there's one thing I'd like to see the NRL do a little bit better at is reductions and discounts in the salary cap for long-term players. And anyone who's played 10 to 12 years at a club deserves a more substantial discount than what they're currently getting. And and I'm talking even 50%. Mm. Um, Because we want loyalty. We want someone who buys Matt Burton's jersey now at Canterbury to be able to keep it for 10 years. Do you know what I mean? We want, like Nathan Cleary has just done at Penrith, we want one club players 
we want the legends we'd love staying there for long periods of time. But the way the cap is, it just makes it difficult. Mm. Jared Croker, you know, being forced into retirement or Josh, I just don't like it. Yeah, it's a really good point, Buzz. And a lot of fans would 100% agree with you. Hey, Buzz, before we get your tips on today's two games, this is a really important point I've got to raise for you, Buzz, and I need your take on it. Glenn, the Newcastle Seagull, who's a long-time listener, has texted in on our talk topic today, Buzz, which is mm-hmm. um, falls from grace in sport on the back of Boris Becker being jailed for uh, finance fraud. Now, this text is, Morning Ray Bulldog and Tanya, read today's talk topic. Bulldog's fantastic long career in journalism. The downside... Bulldog's acting career if he ever gets a gig on Home and Away, which he's been pushing for for many, many months, oh. if not years. Buzz, your take. Uh, could not agree with you more, Ray. <laughs> I, well, Buzz, I, you've uh, got... Ray's been promising me for ages he's going to get me down. a gig. I have let you down, I know. In the background. You know what, he hasn't Ray, done it. You've like, got some pull around this bloody town of ours. Uh, You're the Ray, king of you know, Sydney. Do something for me. Ray, I... <laughs> Look, I'm a math watcher, so I've got to, you know, give myself up for that. But whenever I ring Bulldog and I forget about it, oh. I might be and it might be on audition time. We might have a breaking story, and I might. Doesn't need matter. Help. Doesn't matter, Buzz. You know, you know he picks up the phone and says, "Home and away." <laughs> oh, no, then, then he hangs up on you, Ray. You know better. Hangs up. It's half an hour of my day for a bit of peace for and a quiet. Professional journalist <laughs> approaching audition time. To be unavailable is a disgrace. Well, I'm not unavailable. I'll just get you back to you. You hang up. I'll get back to you in about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, it's as good as yeah, it gets. Yeah, what if the Sydney Morning Herald have got the same story and knock us off? Oh, we'll get there. We'll be right. I'm sure Christian Nicolosi isn't watching Home and Bloody Way. Uh, what do you think he's watching? <laughs> Play school. You can't say that. Hey, Buzz, we've got two games to finish round, eh? We've had some massive upsets this weekend. Are the, oh, Knights, yeah, are the Knights any chance against the Storm in the 2pm game? Then at 4.05pm, everyone's looking forward to this clash, Dragons versus Tigers. Yeah, um, look, look, sadly the Knights are no hope. Um, that was so bad, their performance with a big crowd last week. But they'll get another one today, and I think most will turn up to see this magnificent storm site. And, you know, to, to watch Munster, Hughes, Pappenhausen, etc. is just such a great thing. Harry Grant at your local ground. But Storm will win and, and win easily. Um, the Dragons-Tigers, another flip mm. of the coin game, Ray. I think I'll go the Dragons because they're at home, but... The negative is that they've had the short turnaround from Anzac Day or, or shortish. Um, who would have thought these two clubs would be paying for a trifecta of wins? Three in a row. Unbelievable. And it's it's actually a really good contest. It's really fantastic. Hey, Buzz, as always, really appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning, particularly about our talk topic and just where Dino yes. fits in. <laughs> there you go. Good on Thank you, Curly. You. There's Phil Buzz Rothfield. Hey, um... Running out of time, Dino, but have you got some changes for these two games? Yeah, Newcastle Storm, that's 2 o'clock this afternoon. Knights, Phoenix Crossland will start at lock. Jack Johns coming on to the interchange bench after Kurt Mann was ruled out. No changes to the Storm at this point, Ray. And then the 4 o'clock game, well, 4.05 in Wollongong. Jack Bird looks set to play despite suffering that arm injury last week against the Roosters. Yeah, Josh Maguire will take the place of Jaden Sewer out with an ankle injury. And at the West Tigers, Asu Kapoa. I hope I've got that right. He's the new winger 
with Ken Momalo pulling out with a knee injury. Your tips both games? Uh, Dragons. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Storm, obviously. Storm, they're just yes. flying. And what's the rest of the day got for Dean Bulldog, Richard? Yeah, just chase around, Ray. I'm not covering a game this afternoon, so I'll keep an eye on the footy and just try to find some news out there in this wonderful, great game of ours. Okay, we won't... We'll on air after two huge games next weekend and we've got two games to deal with today but the South Broncos game has just got so many stories for you wrapped around that on Thursday night and then this blockbuster at Penrith on Friday night Penrith and Para. Yeah, can't wait for the blockbuster the Sydney derby it's always been mm. a memorable game each year it's the one year circle on your calendar Ray and this one albeit the Eels did get tattled up last night both teams are certainly finals bound oh. yet again it will be an absolute belter. And let's hope it gets nice and physical like the old days and both teams rip in and have a real oh, real will. crack. It'll be a great game. As will both these games this afternoon. Knights and Storm, 2 o'clock. Dragons, Tigers at 4.05pm. Coming up on Racing HQ with Simon Harrison, Graham White will preview the only New South Wales Gallup meeting on today, and that's at the Sapphire Coast. The Big Sports Breakfast team is back tomorrow morning at 5.30 with Jared Middleton, Laurie Daly, Michael Clark and Jamie Rogers. And if you would like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Thanks for listening over the last three hours, Dino. As always, we say sign off. Enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.